Right, this is going to be another episode of Snake and Banter, the show of people who probably don't work ESL events to the playoffs or something. Not a shot at anyone really there, is it? Is it though? Because technically I, I chose not to. Never mind, we'll just leave that. Yeah, that's by the by. Oh, all right, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, nothing totally. awkward then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you're obviously a man of distinction and taste, just like me. So, I mean, technically, Alexi also sort of chose not to be in the playoffs of Karavitsa. If you if you think about it on the most technical legal level, he in a way chose not to. But he tried his best. That's the difference, Murray. We you know, <laughs> do we always try our best? That's that's maybe where maybe where we part ways a little bit there. You know, in a world of pure volition, he did he chose not to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You exactly. can always will it. Yes, true. Right, Alexi, yeah. obviously I will say at the beginning of this episode Right. Part of the reason why I did think it would be cool to have you on the show is obviously like you guys were up kind of eats early on. So it's like I knew you wouldn't be traveling home on some mad day. It is a tiny bit awkward that your ex-teams just won the event and like dominated everyone. That's going to seem a bit awkward. And obviously everyone's tuning in now like, does he trash talk G2? Like, spoiler, I don't think he's going to do that personally. Like, <laughs> does, it wouldn't really benefit him at this point in time. Like, if you know CS pros... You just, like, even if it's sort of like the semi-fake ones I've seen over the years where they're just like, you know, they do the tweet like, oh, congrats, bro, glad you won. But it's like behind the scenes, you know, they hate each other. You have to sort of do that in public just to not have drama, right? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about the same thing. Just like, <laughs> literally yesterday watching that, uh, like, uh, I was expecting them to win uh, sure. 3-0. Like, oh, right. Not, not right. losing a single map and what it was like. I think they have a 20... 20 win streak or 21 I think I, I think they yeah, got to 21. 21 maps yeah exactly I mean it's ridiculous right like they're playing super good at the moment so yes yeah nothing nothing to say about that well luckily we always start with the guests good point and your good point is on this very topic right so let's start talking about what is your good point yeah I mean my good point is just the G2 dominance and just the fact that um like what I think has been happening and also um yeah I mean you don't know all the details obviously but I mean Last year, the RMR happened when they failed to qualify for the major. And I think, uh, like, knowing the Kovac cousins and, like, all of the players pretty much, uh, except for Hooksy maybe, and uh, I know JKS a little bit as well. But I just know that, like, for them, I think that was a the, one of the biggest low points in their career. And, uh, like, overall, I just know that... Any player won't won't like that situation, but for them, and I know for Nico as well, especially, it's like super important, right? And I just think, I mean, it goes to every team, right? Like every CS:GO team. Like if, if you're if you're at the top, that like you will try to bounce back and you will be twice as better, blah blah blah. But it's just like a lot of people doubted G2, a lot of people doubted Hooksy, and yeah, as I saw, I think Hooksy tweeted just uh, a while ago, like. If he got benched then, I don't think no one would have bat an eye. But right now, it just oh. feels like, uh, I mean, it's it's crazy how, how well he's calling and how, how well they're playing. Or So I just think it's amazing to me that they actually made a 180 and just completely turned the, the ship around and By went the way, to the global, global finals. And obviously, they do have one player differently. Obviously, JKS wasn't there and Jax was when you were the time. And technically, yeah, I mean, you yes, had yes. the coach. So there are some differences. It's not exactly the same lineup. But even so, do they seem like a different team to the one you were leading? Yes. I mean, I think the most obvious thing, I mean, if you really think about it, like Jax in the G2 I was playing in, I felt like he was playing like just now 
saying it af after after like thinking about the whole team and everything on paper is like when I joined the team and even after I just think he was unfortunately playing the wrong spots and having the wrong okay. role of, of he what he should be doing like he's a super explosive guy I felt like I didn't use him that well in in that regard as well but for example on CT side he was like the main anchor on every map mm. Yeah, and I, I just think uh, like if I would build a team that has Jax in it, he needs to be active on the CT side. Like he needs to play positions where he he's getting flashed, he's getting uh, peaks, he's getting duels. Right, like that's yes. the whole. I feel like he's one of the best when he's able to do that. And I feel like on T side as well, he needs to be on the action. And I feel like the roles he had on T side, the roles he had on CT side was the complete opposite. Right. And when you think about like JKS on paper, it's like the ideal fit. Like yes, as soon as perfect. I saw that they got yeah. JKS and 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 an in-game leader, I mean, although they started sloppy, like everyone thought that it was a wrong decision or whatever. But after a while and after they got the repetitions in, Monesi getting uh, even more tournaments in under his belt as well. It's just like right now JKS is playing like unbelievable CS. It's like everybody's downloading his demo and checking like how can he play these stats even though he's playing like yep. really hard hard roles. And yeah, I mean, I just think on paper right now, they have the ideal squad. Like they have the opera who is getting like, so, like or who has good experience right now. They have the rifle duo that is, I mean, right now the best in the world, right? And then uh, they have JKS doing the roles that he does best and he's playing really good right now so it's just like on paper like an ideal eu team like when you watched face for example when they were dominating you could also argue that they had like the perfect player for each spot right yes as in like he means last year obviously when they won the same event and can't yeah. send the other ones yeah exactly good point yeah come on maui right right yeah okay role, role wise this team makes a lot of sense for sure because you have the guy that's just going to run in and feed himself and that's hooksy and then you kind of have this guy that gets to be second in a lot of the time and that's nico and i think there's probably just a couple people you could put in the same air as nico for people that are just the best at trade fragging in the world if, if nico knows where somebody is they're they're dead like they're yeah. they're gonna die unless they have an op holding him um so i think that's that's obviously something that goes uh that works well for them i for their 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 dominance and that 21 map win streak uh what i find most impressive is that it's it's a variety of win conditions for them because i've noticed that it's not like they're being they're, they're not like navi they're not like they don't have to have monacy fill the shoes of like a simple and just dominate the server just rotate everywhere kill everybody it feels like so many different people could step up and i think that was really shown very well at katavica where during the group stage jks was doing incredibly well uh you would have the occasional games from a handful of the cast too and then in the playoffs like hunter was kind of the man for me he was just so effective in the mid rounds anytime he became like a 3v4 2v3 whatever it felt like hunter always had a a way to claw things back even like a 2v5 Five, he could claw it back so he he showed his value in that roster or that position too and so uh we, we barely even i felt like for the playoffs had to talk that much about nico because even the, the it was almost like the main thing for nico in what he was contributing to that playoff run was his storyline <laughs> the fact that he's been to so many finals and not and came up short so many times because when you actually look at what happened in the server it was a lot of jks and a lot of a lot of hunter and yet 
at the world final, like at the at the world final, it was kind of like the Monacy show, and so you have all these different ways that they're able to come together. And I I do think that Hooksy d just really deserves so much credit in making this work because when I was watching this, I feel like what what happened. And and like this is this is major speculation, but I think when they were choking, I think that the chain of command was probably not as well established as it is now. And I think that if I have to assume what happened in the months after they didn't qualify for the arm or the major, I assume that they kind of like ironed out. Okay, Hooksy's going to call the beginning of the round. And then he's going to listen to the input of everybody and then he'll piece it together. But also Hunter will piece it together because I, I don't know. I just imagine right now it seems like Hunter is contributing a lot in terms of what's going on in the mid round for them. And so it seems like that has really been well established. And I think I think I think it was JKS. I think it might have been JKS that said it in an interview, something about what Hunter provides. In no, it was Hooksy. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant the pistol round thing. Never mind. I thought you meant that he was coming oh, up with the pistol oh, round strats. Well, Hooksy did say that Hunter was oh, coming right. up with the pistols, but Fair I think enough. someone else in a in a post-game interview or something oh, like right. that said something that Hunter was doing so much of like holding their hand in just ah, like play right. off me, play off of me or right. whatever. And, and I we're going to make this happen. I guarantee you, like he does, it, he does it on CT side. And that's why I think the reason G2 CT sides are so like good right now I think it's the combination of uh, Nico and um, Hunter. I think playing with Hunter, if you play the same side with him, like if you lose a round on practice or you lose a couple rounds or you lose a round on official, like he will not let it slide, you know? And that's why I really, really like uh, thought that he was one of the best players I played with for sure. Because of the fact that what I mean by not letting it slide is like he will try to immediately fix it, whether it's in the official or uh, in practice usually. And I, I've had a lot of teammates that are like not take, taking some things as serious as Hunter did. And I feel like that creates a lot of consistency, especially if you make enough repet repetitions, even on officials or practice, like eventually your CT sites or your like the setups you're running will be very good and you just need to hit an off day or you need to actually like have a really good reads on them if you want to like uh, you know find a gap or that you you catch them fully off guard or something like that but I just want to say that like jumping uh, a bit previously on what you said um I think it's uh, it's a bit funny, like, watching them and whatever, because, like, you can just clearly see, like, the amount of confidence they have right now. It's, like, so ridiculous, I feel. Like, like the body uh, body language is, like, uh, well, how can I say? I just feel like after, like, after the tournament in, in Dubai, or even, like, when they were dominating on Dubai, like, you could easily see it. But I can just feel, like, you know, Hunter taking... Uh, like you can see the body language he's having is just like full with confidence you know yeah like it's so it's so crazy to see like once this team hits the confidence peak because like you were talking about choking right i'm not saying that like i wasn't a part of uh, the reason like why we also choked some leads and and whatever right like we lost to furia like two times on ancient for example t sides and whatever but like you can just see that once they like, failed on Aramara, right? I just think that they kind of went with this fuck it mentality to the to the Blast Finals, even though they practiced a lot, 
I, I could imagine. But there was a huge... They had a lot of time, right? And most likely they took a week off and then they started grinding, whatever. I heard they and did work behind like... the scenes, by the way. They didn't just sit during the whole major and all that. I heard they were actually one of the teams that got going and were doing stuff early, like you're saying. Yeah. But all I'm <coughs> saying is I just feel like they went with this fuck it mentality and you can just see that they are... Like, they're just, like, putting the like barrel down people's throats. It's like they're, they're pushing lobby on Nuke City. They're, like, doing everything at full confidence. And once the rifle guys can do that, and once JKS is doing stuff that he's doing, and like people try to abuse him or whatever, because, like, people are hitting the, his sides, and he's just killing everyone. Or on T's side, they're pushing the side, and he's killing everyone. Like, what do you do after? And then, like, once you try to abuse Monesi, it's like, he's just faster than you. So it's like, with the confidence they have right now, it's just crazy. Like, I'm, it's exactly like, I remember playing against FaZe when they were really good. It's like, every, every one of them were doing kind of the same thing. Like, they have a lot of similarities, uh, G2 and FaZe, I feel like. But right now, you can just see that just the body language and everything they're doing is, is just full flowing on, on the confidence they're having. Yeah, on this topic, because obviously the main thing is just like the dominance was the main point. Like, it is incredible. If people don't know, like they did actually a half decent job on the broadcast of hitting the key points because they were following the streak, etc., which is what you should do. But I actually don't think that, like if I were them, I know it's hard to plan these things, but especially because it was days off before the playoffs, I would have probably done some sort of like a mini content piece or something because I don't think people understand how crazy the context is. Because unfortunately, right, when you talk about dominance, right, because we, we're talking now about statistical records though, guys, right? Remember, we say someone dominated, like technically FaZe dominated last year early on because they won all the tournaments. But if you ever watch the games, those were all like, like 16-13s and winning overtime, winning three maps, lose your map pick. Like it wasn't dominant like in the server like early last year. No one was like, holy shit, we can't possibly we play a flares. It was more like, oh, they keep beating us by that much. This is like, not only does G2 usually, they don't just 2-0 people. One map, they'll just smash you like 16-7. That might be your map pick as well, by the way. So like, that's already dominance out the, out the ass already. Then you've got to add in, they not only had the 21 map streak. I don't think people know how insane that is because this isn't like they played some Mickey Mouse cop. They're playing motherfucking IEM Katowice. And remember, go look at their bracket. They ran into everyone. Every other tournament favourite that you would say would win instead of them. Faze, Navi. Like, they're just hitting them all. All of them. And they're just capping everyone like that. And remember, until the final, they're not dropping them up. Then the series angle, because people forget there was blast in between. Guys, they're on like a fucking 12 series streak. And again, that's over two lands and the Blast Springer. Like, they're hitting all the top teams here. They're, going, they're doing a, a series streak against the best teams in the entire world. And remember, because in their team, all they had last year was like, you know, Monacy and Nico were like up there. They're also running into all the top five players when they're playing these games. So in theory, on paper, they're not even supposed to always have the better player. But that's the thing. You have to come back with this lineup. Here's one thing that has aged very well if you go watch all these podcasts back as they were having that little dip in the middle with the RMR. Is I never said, unlike everyone else, like, oh, yeah, I always knew this team would be shit. They can't say, like, what are you talking? It's always the other way. I always used to think, like, how is this team not even, like, just at least good? You know what I mean? Like, on paper, to me, the worst case scenario ever when they got the JKS winning, because as you say, Lexi, me, like, that was one of the most slam dunk moves of all time. He fit all the spots you needed that Jax wasn't that good at. And the joke is, those are the spots he wants to play. And so it's like I say, this is why this event, I do think, was like the absolute zenith. They won't be as good as this. Because the joke is, the MVP of the tournament, this is like uh, that, like, the fucking. 
when they run the major in phase with Rain being the MVP. It's like, bro, if like the fourth best player is the MVP of the whole tournament, your team is not already stacked as fuck. But how do you beat them if the fourth best player got... Like, if JKS is the MVP of the whole tournament and you've got Hunter... Like, the game over. Like, the re that's why I think, unfortunately, so much abuse went to Huxley because the angle was like, why don't you win with these players? And I, I actually, one thing I want to ask you quickly about Alexia is, I also always felt like with G2, the reason why Huxley from day one was being memed on and people were like, right, he's not going to last long. It's because I feel like people didn't give him like a fair start. They didn't say like, right, Huxley, your, your G2 starts now. It's like, because the team you were in didn't win Katowice in the mid. So I think people were just, it's just G2 fans were just tired of losing, you know? It's like they just, they didn't give him the start. They wanted him to just pick up right where your team was and just win immediately. He was supposed to just win every tournament, I guess. Because if you actually go back and look now, it's only the fucking RMR guys. Literally, it's only the RMR where they had the two BO1s they lost. So basically, except for that Game of Legion series, what have they done wrong? Like at Pro League, if you don't know, they lost to the eventual champions, Vitality, so that could already be a second place. They lost at Blast Fall Finals to Heroic. Yeah, they lost to Liquid as well. By the way, Liquid has been probably the best upset team in the last fucking four months that doesn't win. Like, the joke is they either lose to the winner or a top five team, and that's it. They haven't even been bad. So I just feel like people, the, the weird one for me is like, I think people treat, they did the same to you as well, to be fair. If you ever go look at your results, Aside from the major, like they're not bad results. Like you're in finals or like making runs. Like I think people, it's it's almost like that meme that G2 themselves always go on about. They never win a tournament in CS. And they're always zero three in the finals. People have like too high expectations. I think because this lineup, like you have to give it a chance. With how fucking amazing the players are. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a blessing for them. Honestly, maybe they they agree with me. Maybe they don't. But I think it was a blessing that they uh they got that break of uh like just. Oh, not going to the major. Yeah, like go get like not because let's say they they qualified for the major, right? Like sure, they could have somehow got the engine running and and just made the same same results. I'm not saying they couldn't do that, sure. but I feel like like first of all, I think like after that they made the overhaul with the coach coach change. They uh, they uh, changed the manager and they went back to square one. And I think there. Hooks really got the chance to like start the team. Like they didn't pick up a new coach. They continued with the analyst, and I know the analyst as well. It's like they continued with the same pack. They okay. didn't change the players. This is where I feel like Hooks could implement whatever he wanted. They went back to square one. Maybe the players gave gave uh, their input. Maybe he adapted. I don't know what happened, but to me, I felt like it was a blessing. Because they could actually start from square one, knowing, of course, they they it must have been a bummer that they, like the the coach left or whatever, and the manager left. But all I'm saying is that I think it was a blessing. Like Hooksy could could start on square one. Monesi was not like he was already like by then. Monesi had had played like enough tournaments to understand like what's happening and whatever. Yeah, and then. Also, just the fact, like, on paper, just when I saw the roster change, before they even played a, a match, I just knew that it is going to be better than the G2 we were because of the fact that I just feel like the the roles fit. Like, how how, how can it not be better in a way? Like, we, we didn't win anything, right? Yes. So I just feel like they could at least do what we did with the players they had and they should be doing more because of the fact that they actually got players that fit for their job, right? Yes. And uh, I just think that that period they had, like a full month, 
of just like not thinking about CS and then bouncing back and starting from square one, it's just why they are here, I feel like. Just got a couple more points that we'll move on. Obviously, we made this a big one because Alexi had all the insights in the G2. A couple more things I would say about what I'm so impressed about how successful. I didn't hit the point myself there because I got lost in one of those side tangents. The point I was going to make was this. When I say stats like win 12 series at the biggest lands in the world in a row, win 21 maps, like... You have to understand, think of, do your list in your mind now with the top five greatest teams ever. Spoiler, you can stop at number one. The rest of them didn't do any of that shit. Like Team Liquid did. You probably weren't even in your top five. They had the series streak. Didn't have the map streak. NIP had the map streak, but no one gives a fuck about it. You know what I mean? Like all those great Astralis lineups, Fnatic, like all those lineups that have all the majors, the Brazilians, none of them did this shit. As in, even when they're winning the majors, they couldn't do this. Like SK were back to back in majors. Don't worry, they lost series in between. Plenty of times they lost a map. You know, of course. In fact, in every major, they lost a map. So I don't think people know how insane stats like that are because I always say it's a, it's a classic line of mine. The ultimate sign of dominance is to 2 0 people because that means you even get to pick your fucking map and I still beat you on it. Like at that point in time, like everyone, like they are now, no one's, no one's hating on G2. You have to turn around and go like, tip my hat, it's too fucking good. And then the other thing I'd say that I think is insane about that team as well is. It has that same vibe the FaZe Clan team did last year, which is a mega one if you're a fan of the team to watch, which is that except for if it was just Hoxie 1vx, any other combo of players alive in a clutch, you're waiting to see if they win the clutch. Like, that's always the shit if you're a fan. Because, you know, in FaZe, it's like every... I mean, the joke is even Carrigan could win some clutches. Like, normally in teams, like in a lot of teams, let's be real, I don't have to say which teams. I'll give you a random one. If I said Ents, right? The current Ents. There's certain players where if they're alive in 1v3, you're like, right, save or go next. Like, in this team, like... And pick any of the four. If Nico's alive, obviously game on. Honestly, he wins them all day long. Hunter is probably famous for winning two VXs. And JKS, spoiler, like, this is the one area everyone missed on that whole, like, how could JKS ever replace Rain? Listen, Rain's an all-time great. JKS a better clutch player than Rain. Maybe Rain was a greater player in history. JKS especially, he's clutches, you idiots. That's what he was good at, like, 2015. His whole game, which is why they used to say in those other teams, but no one listens to interviews. you got to hear, you got to read between the lines of what people say in interviews, right? They would always say, in those teams that he was in Renegades we left him till the end of the round because we knew he'll close the round out that doesn't mean he goes like ego like oh, I'm the guy who wins the clock everyone gives me that role so I think I've heard this before from all the players mate I think in teams that complexity I think they just told JK so you're like the fucking entry pack now now he's a fucking cool guy he's not going to be like hey what the hell like He's not the guy who does that. So that's why you also need, by the way, this is why I don't care what anyone thinks about Huxy. He can't be doing a bad job. It's impossible. Like any moron fan who goes like, oh, you just have all the best players. Bro, you can give all the best players to a bad IGL. I guarantee they'll never win anything. They'll fuck it up. They'll fuck up all the, like, the spots like we're talking about. They won't get the, even the personal dynamics. Like, look, I don't know. Think, I, I wouldn't have Huxy like best IGL in the world, but he must be doing a good job. He must be. If you see the way the team plays, even what Alexi said about like, you just see the body language which has changed. The joke now is like, they all believe, even Nico, and by the way, Nico, the joke is he was at that because he was probably still worried he'd lose the final. Even right up till the end, he was the only one that didn't crack. It was still like, oh, bloody hell, can still go wrong because his whole life's just been cursed when he's in those finals. But even he was fucking loving it. You could see it. So I, I hope he has to be doing a good job. I don't care what anyone says. Let's move on then, shall we? Right, Maui, what is your good point? Yeah, Classic on brand one here again. So cool. Let's get back into it. Well, I, want, I, I felt like it was too obvious to just also go for D2 or something. Yeah, like of course. Uh, and we're going to have a massive D2. segment on that at some point anyway, of yeah. course. Right. So, so mine is just that I've been stoked for the progress that Complexity has shown at the beginning of this year. I, I really, uh, I, I was, 
I think myself and a handful of people were starting to we're ready to sell out a little bit on this team. Maybe keep keep Grim, keep Floppy, change out a few of the players. Maybe bring in a European IGL. But then what they did at the the Blast groups and what they did at uh, Katowice itself was really impressive. And sure. I made this point before the HLTV rankings were released today, and and yet they've shot up now to number ten as of, as of the time of this recording. Okay. And I think I think that's incredibly deserved because you look at some of the teams that are right beneath them and maybe you would think like cloud nine might be maybe is like a better team than them or something like that but like the results don't show that you know the results for for complexity have been great so far they beat at, at katavica they beat fanatic they beat mouse and ends and i'm including the play-in of course here and they took maps off of uh including including blast they they took maps off of outsiders heroic and navi like these are they're making yep. these series incredibly competitive and they could have definitely won the outsiders and navi series like they were very close in both of those they were up 14 to 8 against navi map 3 and then simple just decided he was going to go god mode at, at the blast groups and then he just destroyed them and he just you know he just shot him out of the server pretty much but i think that it's like finally this team recognized that if you grind the like the 10 hours a day, then you can, you too can be one of the teams that is vying for a playoff spot or can be an upset, have it have incredible upset potential. And I think that this kind of plays off of a point I made in an earlier episode that Grimm is performing well, but also like we saw Halsark looking really good at this event, which is, which like that, that's, that was kind of one of the last things I, I thought was really going to shoot up for me because I thought Floppy could perform a little better. I thought Fang could recapture some form we saw a couple years ago, but for, for, for Halsark to look like one of the better operas at this event, I mean, now now all of a sudden, this team is really cooking, and you, you really can't... You're not going to, like, instantly jump the gun on this and say, like, yeah, they should be start making playoffs, but they're not going to be the laughingstock anymore of just getting an invite because they're a partner team. And I think that's where this this roster has, at this point to me, found some success, that they're not, they're not just here because they purchased their way into that position. They've actually earned it. Yeah, what, do you think sure. of, what do you think of complexity, Alexi B? I mean... I'm just gonna say, like, uh, you brought up Holzerk in the end there. I just feel like he fully manhandled this tournament, and is I'm no, I wouldn't say the sole reason, but I feel like, like at least on the previous tournament, he was the biggest factor factor for me. I just feel like, like I don't understand. Like it felt like he was trolling or something when he's playing these resolu resolutions and the the default and whatever. Yeah. And then, but I just I don't know, like. The dude is filled with confidence, right? Like you can see if you <coughs> place these settings and whatever. Like if you saw the USP round he did on Inferno, it's like uh, crazy to me how he can even pull it off with the crosshair he's playing on. But uh, he was playing super well, like amazingly well, right? And I feel like that, like really enables the others. I feel like in a way, like you watch your opera, like do do all these weird things with his settings and whatever, and he's just fucking like you know killing everyone, right? And I just feel like uh, the others are just like they, they are for sure getting boosted by the fact that uh, like holy shit like the, this guy's playing well right and I just feel like you have I, I watched the tournament right when they they uh, like it was a while ago when they qualified for the playoffs and they were super happy because they didn't qualify for playoffs in a long time right and now I just felt like, I don't remember what tournament it was. It was maybe like a couple months back or even even more. But I feel like now when I watch them... Oh, Pro League, like, Pro League, probably. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like now, now when I watch them, it's like a different phase where I could feel like... 
people like still thought that yeah we like this might be like a free free gift to go to a playoffs but i just felt like they were as you saw like i i thought they're winning the navi game like i i think everyone thought oh, they almost won 2-0 yeah yeah, they, they, yeah it's yeah. like they i remember what round it was but someone clutched around on on the t side and they reached like 13 12 or 14 i don't remember what it was but i was like yeah this is game over and then you yeah. like on, only simple can do what happened on that game i feel like and um yeah, I mean it's 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 cool to see because I thought that they didn't really change that much. I think it's really nice to see like Grim, like I feel like he's like he's not uh, limited, you know. Like I think he was pretty limited and liquid. I don't know any any insights on that, but I just know like he's playing way different. Like he's just pushing and uh, you know he's he just he's seeking for duels and that's what he should do because he's pretty crazy individually but i feel like yeah it's just the fact that their individuals are really showing up and i feel like they're picking up from that and yeah i mean they're they're playing really well yes by the way that game that you're talking about the one where they could have two zeroed uh navi and then they lost in like classic fashion also like the third map where you you, you know just usually they let people down that was even the game where if you saw simple and navi's faces they tried to do like the cool laugh like <laughs> never in doubt easy game but it was really the one where you're like like you know you would like that close to get your ass beat and then what you do is if you're just a better team you pretend like oh, so it was always going to work out it's like I can tell that that the joke is it would have gone the other way if they, if Navi had lost that that would be like Navi would be kicking someone else like they looked like they were fucking at the, at the brink so the problem with this one is if the next tournament they bomb they'll just be back on here like they're not going to fly it up they're not quite there so I'm not going to go too far this one Maui I'm going to give you I'll give you this I did think this tournament was way better because as you saw if you saw that back and forth of me and Jason Lake who was just sad when I just identified the pattern of like well now they're about to play a third map overpass Jason I think we know how this goes which is on paper they're supposed to win but they will now find a way to lose obviously winning against Fnatic was a big deal the cool thing is this if you actually look at the bracket of the lower bracket of this tournament this is a question for fans out there do you think the major was legit? Do you think that the format is good and rewards all the good teams? Because if you're someone who was hating on Faze and Vitality, you're like, look, the better teams would win, then you must think complexity is amazing because they just did a fucking playoff bracket run at the major here. They beat Mouse, that team was in the semis. They beat Fnatic, that team was in the fucking quarterfinals. And then they almost beat Outsiders, who actually I think's even upgraded <laughs> their lineup. And they're the major champions. Like, they basically played the major. The joke is, they yeah. just won the major. You fucking it well they almost won the major exactly they, were in the, they, were they didn't obviously yeah it's yeah. just a low bracket and kind of eats it we get all that but in if you talk if we're talking about pure level you actually think those results were legit then you have to give it up to this team look obviously i thought that was a bit of a scuffed major and the format's a bit dodgy and some of those teams were you know it was like the best tournament there last three months but at the same time rankings are rankings and they did beat top teams which is what Cole didn't used to do before the problem is this they used to get like we're saying this close and they almost beat you 2-0 and then got lost on the third map or they or they got a third map where it's like oh 16-12 and then they, they were always the one on the 12 side or the 13 side and everyone knows that who's watched them so I'm still not over that but hey it's at the same time, just like that run of Mouse at Cologne, if people remember, a big run in a big tournament is still a big deal. Like that, that can change everything. And crucially, these wins, it's when you have a million little small losses, it gets in your own head eventually. So if you break through a few times, next time you actually think you can win for real. You're not waiting sort of like, oh, who's going to fuck up now? Like, am I going to fuck up? Oh, the game's getting too close. That's, I told you, that was always my biggest problem, Maui. I could always see in their faces when it was like 40 40, like, oh, these motherfuckers aren't going to win this. So if that's gone, then brilliant. We can actually have some fun with the rest of the team. Just not just grim 
Yeah, I, and one one other point that's kind of more meta in this discussion is that actually with Liquid and Complexity both being North American teams that should probably start getting invited to tournaments or if they if Complexity. I mean, if they're tenth, by the way, you'll be in like Cologne, so if you can last till then, you'll you'll because that's somebody you want the spots, so you'll just get an invite, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what what that does is that if people are talking about like what's going to reinvigorate North American CS, it's that when the complexity type roster is already getting the invite, then actually the qualifier spot is going to go to like Perfect. you know the third yes. best North American Party team. astronauts and, or something. Yeah, yeah, and that that team can get more experience repeatedly because yeah. and then and then that they'll bring that experience back to North America, and then it just you know continues the flow of. I guess trickle down uh, CS ability, you know. That's that's economics what or whatever. Invite nomics yeah. or some qualifonomics. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure that yeah. out. We'll just, get snappy just, on yeah. that one. He knows all about the trickle down qualifonomics, where you play seventeen qualifiers to get a chance to play an online game at Blast, then not make it to the Blast Fall Finals, <laughs> which he yeah. does every year. He must love it. He comes back every bloody year for the beating. So, right now we're going to do my good point, and I've actually picked this one very carefully. And here's the thing, Alexi. It's slightly awkward you're here because I'm going to sort of have to big up all dents that you were in, but you'll see my point of why, which is even though Heroic lost the final, and obviously that's something they've done a bunch in a lot of big tournaments now. They won the one where it was really close against Faze, but they lost the major final. They Obviously, they lost now. They've been that close to winning lots of tournaments, right? Obviously, I've po I pointed out a million times when they didn't make finals runs, like all the problems of the team. Like, I don't think some of their star players are quite good enough compared to the other star players. Like, almost everyone who's the top team in the final always has, like, the best player or the MVP on the other team. That's an angle. Cadian, I think it's maybe slightly overrated as an Orpo, still good. But the key thing is, the one thing I give Cadian more and more and more and more credit every month that goes by, it's a really good fucking IGL, though. And the point I want to make here is, my good is that if you are a casual fan of CSGO or just like a, a younger player or you've never played at the top level, this is the team you want to watch to learn how tactics can work in your team. Because that's the thing. They don't have the G2 lineup. They don't have, like, fucking all-stars. Like, spoiler, at the end of this year, even if Heroic wins tournaments, I doubt they'll have more than two people in the HLTV Top 20. That's probably best case scenario as well like they're not a team that's built with superstar but i tell you why they're competitive because fucking hell they're their t-sides good and that style is so fucking sick you can see that these aren't all chip from spawn guys they're clearly making like mid-round and especially late round calls like they're so good at setting up and like going to the other side last second or you can even the joke is i watch their games and i can see the radar and even i'm like actually i can't tell where's this round gonna end actually where they're gonna close like and because it must be like a, a call off like a flash here or someone spotted someone out of an apartment so, so it tells me that like the comms are fucking sick. Everyone's on the same page, by the way. As soon as they call some like rotation or mid round, everyone flies off straight away. And like you see, like for example, everyone knows that Nuke's amazing. How fucking good is this team at like switching up the site and then everyone's on the site all together with all? Oh, they're so good. So the thing is, like a fan's gonna go, but they lost and got beaten. But it's like, yeah, but look how they played though. And the joke is, they were almost made this five games by playing like this. Because what it shows you is one of the best things about Counter Strike as a game, which is it isn't fucking football where the guy who's just better just scores three goals like this is a sport where you can beat people who are better it's like jujitsu or something the smaller guy can win if he just has better technique it doesn't matter that they have all the other advantages like this team not only did beat some really fucking good teams with better players but they they even when they lose they match up so well against everyone because the final thing i want to say is this I've noticed every version of this heroic core has an amazing map pool. And I'll tell you why. It's obvious. This is another team where it's it's not that they're good on every map. This style just works. This style and this, the way they play as a team works on every map, it seems. That's why they're always in these series. I'm just mad impressed. Like Even though they lost, that was a super impressive how they played. Thoughts, Alexi? Yeah, I mean, I 
fully agree with the oh, fact that... Oh, by the way, I forgot to say it, but that's, the other team it reminded me of was your old Ents team. Because I always used to look at that lineup and go like, look, Sergey and Ali were good, but you're not fucking like Nico and Simple. Like, and you guys were, were beating those teams. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like... Uh, I mean, T-Sides, obviously them, like if they are... If you give them a head start, I mean, sure... Like they they had for for example yesterday they had like what eight one or eight two lead on T side Mirage, but it's uh usually when you play when I've played against them and you give them a head start it's a really hard it's really hard to claw back because of the fact that they have like a really deep um, strat book maybe maybe it's not even the strat book but maybe it's just the fact that you said that they're so on the same page and that once you think you have a good read on them they might have that one really tiny variation that suddenly they're switching it up to somewhere else or they're doing uh like let's say inferno they're doing the smokes on on uh, like the art smoke and library smoke but suddenly they're all jumping out apps it's just like it's really hard to claw back into the game so i feel like if if you see them struggling on the t side it's because they like they're starting slow but what, like usually they have really good t sides if they if they start well but the ct side i i think that is something I've like not only in in NIP, but I've also like heard other other people like give credit to them, because you kind of feel like they're everywhere. It's like playing against Furia, but it's like it's different. Like Furia, you can have them like you have some rounds against them which last like 15 seconds because they just push you down. But I I feel like heroic is like they get a pick somewhere. And you played them so many times, or you watched them so many times, that you know that in 10 seconds they will make a play at the other part of the map because one of the one of the people who took the entry on the other side is running to the other side, and they're like throwing the utility perfectly that you can't really abuse the other side because it's blocked by util, and then they strike at you at the, at the other part. Like that's that's the that's the style they have. I feel like, but. Like, go, going back to it, I just feel like uh, this, the style is unique, for sure. And I feel like on ENDS, yes, we had a unique style. It wasn't exactly, like, not at all how cheat, like Heroic is playing, for example, CT, side, CT sides and whatever. I just think that the fundamentals and the fact that you said about, like, being on the same page and the communication, I think that's what made us strong. And yes. I feel like Heroic has really good communication. And by the way... This team on paper as well is like the dream team again because I feel like as in they fit like all the they, roles. they hit the jackpot with Shush by the way like yes. I feel like this guy is like <coughs> he's he's the anchor you want like he's the guy you want on the side who can do anything and uh, I mean you can rely on him right yes and they, they just the uh, I mean the, the the rifle duo they have and whatever is just overall like a really good team on paper and they have the ideal spots. And they all want to play those spots as well. I don't think that they have any single player in the team who's like, oh yeah, I'm going to switch all my roles to this. I feel like when they made that team, it just made sense. With with, with the comparison between uh, your Ents and Heroic, I, I, I think it's more just like you're getting so much more mileage or so much more out of the parts than what you should necessarily. Because like... You look at some of the players and like, yeah, Stown could be probably a world-class player on a, a handful of teams, but like, I mean, Shush is just like 
you know, he's like the inters of this team. You know, he's just playing all the role. He's doing all the dirty work, but he's yeah. always doing it very well. But I love what you said about how, like, they're kind of everywhere all at once, because I think that's also how it would feel to play against them, because they're just constantly in the mid round doing something to make sure that they're they're like never on the back foot. That they're always making sure they're doing something, but they're way more tempered in their aggression than say Furia. Like Heroic aren't gonna actually usually end the round within twenty seconds. Yeah, exactly. but they might they they might they might end it within fifty because they're gonna make like yes. they'll do like a triple mid swing on on Mirage or something like that because they're like, okay, this one pick went our way, five v four, but we want a little bit more info. Let's double swing from cat and swing from window with a flash over con or something like that. Like, oh, they'll, no. they'll just get, they'll just go all in on those plays, and they have that smoke towards apartments, and then that's why they, they kind of get beat by people <coughs> that just do stuff that looks stupid. Like, I think, uh, wasn't there a round? I, no, maybe, maybe it was actually Yabby that did this actually. But like, I remember in the grand final, someone walked through a smoke towards B apartments and just nailed him in the back. Cause it's like, if you, if you like test their utility all the time, they might not always be holding it because they're setting something else up. It's kind of like the way, let's say, like the way that Gambit slash Cloud9 gamble on the CT side is they'll just gamble stack a bomb site. And you're just like, why the hell do you have four people here? But with Heroic, it's like they'll gamble push in the mid round and they'll leave one guy by his lonesome at the other bomb site. But because he has a smoke, they're comfortable doing this little play. So yeah, Heroic are like, I mean, they're just so fun to watch because of that. Like yeah. that's why they're just, it's just constantly entertaining Counter-Strike. And that's why when this grand final was set up between G2 and Heroic, it was like the best team CS versus a team that's playing incredible team CS, but has insane individuals on top of that. And that's why, I mean, I think that's the, the reductive narrative for why G2 came out on top too. Yeah. I feel like the comparison with Furia was pretty bad, but I just wanted to make the... You meant because they push a lot and it's early Yeah, on, so just, just the fact that like, uh, if you think about any other team on CT side, you know the style they play. Yes. But I feel like Furia, Heroic, and maybe arguably Big, and the argument with Big is just the fact that they do so much calculated stuff and they work with utility a lot. Like, I'm not sure if you saw like some of the nades like Krimbo was doing uh, on, on Anubis, for example, and, and all these things. It's like they're trying to find the smallest details, right? But those are the three teams when I think about CT sides. It's like you kind of, they, they have a different style compared to everyone else. I feel like all the other teams are playing like kind of basic, but they're trying to make the fundamentals so good that it actually works, you know? But they have yes. like, a, like a different approach kind of. Yes. A couple of things to quickly say there. One, I definitely agree on the shush point. Like the funny thing is, if you go through the names, obviously every fan's going to be like, how did Astralis not get down? And it's like, to be fair, Astralis has like Blame F, who's a very good rifler. You know, they've had some very good players. The player they missed was Shush. Yeah. That should have been, that, to me, that was so obvious that was the Zipnik's replacement. That is literally the player who's going to do all the shit that old Zipniks did and be like the secret sort of like foundation of the team. Because again, also, by the way, you saw it in this tournament, still every time you're in a big game, just runs out on like Mirage and just does some two mental like entries. Like, oh, the site's just open. Like, that's not even supposed to be a big name player, guys. Like, the, again, it's just a team where they get everything. And then I definitely agree on the players aspect. If people remember back in the day, I always used to make fun of DDK, the famous 
colour commentator for Face It and that. Because one of his main things he never shut the fuck up about, but I know I was listening when he said it, is he always used to spam that phrase, information player, didn't he? But what Dan was trying to explain is Dan always cared about metagame concepts and what he understood, which is accurate, because if people don't know, he played a lot of team FPS games himself, is when you're behind and you're at an information deficit, which the CTs are at the beginning of a round, with, they don't know where the T's are, right? You don't just sit there and let yourself get picked off because eventually it actually gets harder and harder and harder and harder to know what's happening. Like you're surrounded or they have a flank on you or they have a summit. What you do is when you're in the middle part of the game, you want to make a play somewhere just to get more information. Like even if you push and there's no one there, right? Process of elimination, right? They might be stacking over here or they can't be a flank. Like the heroic's probably the best at that. They don't just sit there at like one minute into the round of goal. Which side are they going to hit? Oh, fucking hell, I hope it's not man. They make a play somewhere and they have a sense of what you're going to do. And it's like, you, as a result as well, by the way, you can't just do like one of those massive slow setups. Like, they're going to have a fight at some point in time. They're going to make you actually do something before you can call the time. And it's not like those teams that sit there on Inferno and just wait till 40 seconds to see if you're running the site through the smoke. Like, they definitely got, I like the active style. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, I think. But I think it's pretty underrated as well. Like, uh, if you think about Heroic as a team, like just the last detail about this, it's just the fact that I don't see a single player uh, that's bad with utility. Like, I honestly, just to say, like, I didn't watch too much Yabi. I, I don't really... Like, I know that he has, a, like, a high headshot percentage, and I feel like he's getting into good situation when he has an angle on a with an AK. He's, like, fully confident in it. But I feel like they play so good with util. Like, I've actually watched some of their games, like... Uh, like no, like downloaded their demos and whatever and just watching the micro stuff and i feel like their individuals are like dropping util for each other uh in a really fluid way where i don't think like kadian is doing uh, or like uh, who who is responsible of uh, of some of their right, stuff it's like a team saying, effort. Like, right yeah it's exactly that it's just like right. uh, when when they switch so let's say you 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 said something about uh like them making a switch on mid-game or whatever. Like they're running and meanwhile dropping util for the guys that, that right. make sense is to throw the util. And it's like when you watch a lot of other teams, it's like on these moments, there is a lot of situations when you might be lacking an entry flash, you might be lacking like one of the good smokes and whatever. And I feel like they do it really well on the fly. And that's also why I think it enables them to play that good because once they do a mid-game call and they need to do these split-second decisions, I just feel like they also jiggle around with the util so well that it just makes it so much more smoother, right? Yes. I I, I actually looked at uh, the flash stats for, for Modesty because I, I noticed in the Grand Finals he dropped off and I felt like every time he was in a in a situation like a lot of times he was playing against heroic he was getting flashed off and i looked at basically prior to the grand finals uh Monacy per per round was flashed for 1.5 seconds but against heroic he was flashed for like two and a half seconds per round That's an almost... so it's like they they are so good at making an opera just feel like their screen is white all the time like yes. they their their game plans are so good and it, you actually look back at a lot of the um the teams that they played against and it's not like against simple like simple had beneath a 1.0 rating yep. uh the game against zywu it was like zywu's worst worst game of the tournament that's also due to air quality but that's another topic entirely <laughs> but <laughs> no but um the but then also when he played against dexter dexter didn't like do that well like basically when you're an opera playing against heroic their util is so good that it, it does it does stuff you a lot of the time sure
I mean, I actually used to have that line about the old ends team that Alexi behind. I said, the reason why that team can win Counter-Strike matches is because, one, it, it doesn't matter how good your aim is. If you're blind, you can't shoot people. And then, two, yeah. if on CT side, you can make a 2v1 setup, you can be an equal. When you kill the first guy, my second guy kills you. Like, those two principles will work forever in Counter-Strike. Hence why, to bring it back, if you're a young fan who doesn't know the game, that's the team to watch. Don't don't try watching this G2 team or FaZe. You won't be able to do any of that shit. This is the team to watch. Right, so, okay, Alexi, what was your bad point? Um, my bad point was, I mean, there could be a lot of a lot of different ones, but I'm going with, like, outsiders right now. No, don't mean that they are, they're bad or anything, but just, uh, like, the reason that they're not making good, like, deep runs. And maybe just... Uh, giving some insight and uh, like just from my perspective yeah, as a player it. and whatever so like oh, for context his team did get eliminated by the mccavity he did play them in the actual like obviously just played the brand new lineup with chiron so he, out of everyone he's not even just going off the major stuff here so come on yes uh but like the thing with outsiders is that once they made that uh, that major win i feel it happened in my team but i'm a hundred percent sure that it happened in in a lot of teams is that people are looking what they're doing okay. and uh studying the get demos you yes mean, as in outside. And, uh, i could see yes. my players as well like watching some of the pov of of the different individuals in that team because they had some maps on the major that they were really good at and i feel like not only do teams like give more respect but understand the the way they play the game but i think that they made such a good like, just the way they played the major, like I, I feel like there were so many rounds when they're saving on T side, or when they're saving guns on CT side and then clawing back a round they shouldn't yes. win because like they're enabling Jame to be annoying with the AWP and no one is feeding because they're all playing as a group, like no one is trying to do anything. Like they fully trusted the system and that's why they won. But honestly, like after that, like. The teams and the players, I think they got a really good understanding on how they play. And they, I think like it's not only players that I know, but I think a lot of people like watched how they played and actually understood the, like, the style they play. So it obviously makes it hard if they are not adapting. And just the fact that, I mean, they made a roster change, which I don't, I don't know nothing about. Like, I don't know why they did it. I don't like, they know better, right? Like, obviously there must sure. have been a reason because you just won the major. Like, there, there must have been a reason, right? So I just feel like, yes, it is hard to implement. Like, you, it is super hard to, uh, for Chiron to get into this team and play the kind of CS that I don't think he's ever played. So it, it takes time. But, yeah, just the fact that, like, I mean, they're not making deep runs right now. They did beat us. We had one good map against them. Uh, but uh, just the fact that I think it... it is difficult and they need some time and they need a lot of repetitions to make it work again in the in similar fashion but i think just the fact that obviously they're playing with a new player and the fact that people are actually studying them or studied them twice as hard especially the top teams because they have all the time in the world to like after you get dropped in the major and whatever and you're just watching this team win it you're thinking like, how the fuck did this happen? And you're studying them like, you will learn a lot and you will know their tendencies. And that's when it becomes hard if, if they don't... I'm not saying they didn't adapt, but you could see that they're trying to play the same kind of style. And I feel like a lot of it is because of the fact that people understood 
how they actually approach it. Okay. The the uh, I will comment first on the swap they made. I mean, I think none of us were really convinced by Norbert. To be fair, <laughs> even so, if I was Norbert, I'd be like. 22 tournaments, I won the world championship. Can I stay, please? No, no, get yeah. the fuck out. I think I was a nor believer for all of like 30 minutes, you know, but then uh, like reality set in, and I think he was pretty much like pretty much unanimously the weakest player, even though statistically speaking, obviously Kickert's doing worse, but he just has all the shittiest roles. Yeah. So with with uh, with the Chiron change, what's, what's worrying about outsiders in their future is that you kind of now have three riflers that really want to <coughs> do the same thing because Flit, Fame, and Chiron are all what I would consider sort of aggressive riflers. Chiron's more on the Kinder scale. He's like that, that side of it, whereas Flit and Fame probably like to wait a little bit more, but they still are pretty early brawlers. And so with this with this roster, like they they put Chiron into a couple spots where he was essentially just supposed to be an anchor. And it's kind of like you're taking away a lot of what he's good at, which is just like running out and headshotting people. Like you, you were mentioning Jax earlier. Like this is kind of what like Chiron's like Yakinder, he's like Jax, he's like he just wants to fly at people and he wants to just run at them and, and aim duel them with any supportive utility. And so I I think it's gonna be really it's going to take a while for Chiron to really get it because when the round slows down, that's like the last thing outsiders do. Like they do not just start sprinting out. They don't just check for info. Like they'll make a read they'll set to their plan and they'll wait for the opponents to make a mistake so frequently. So I guess like with the overall point with outsiders, I, I just don't really see them. I see them being this team. That's kind of like a gatekeeper more than like a championship contender. That's, that's where I think their trajectory is for, for me. Okay. I mean, I've made it pretty clear on the Hot Take Point Made show, which is you can see it on the same channel if you want to see the last episode. It was last week. We'll probably have another one coming this week. I, I made the point clearly. Like, I do think, here's the problem. It wasn't like a fluke that they won the major in the sense if you actually look who they played in the playoffs because they had that weird bracket. Like, they actually should beat those teams in my opinion. Like, they were the better team and their style was a better style, all the rest of it. But the fluke was just getting that playoff draw. Like, how the fuck do you get Fnatic in a mouse into a rogue to win a major? Like, the point is, like, there's a lot of great teams in history might have won a major if that was the fucking playoff bracket. Like, remember the one he made the major final? He had to, he had to beat Team Liquid into Navi and that would have been like the greatest team of all time as Charles yeah. in the final. Like, a bit harder, a little bit of a harder task there. So my problem with them was they were always going to be like a gimmick champion because they can't be number one. Like the Cairo move in that sense is interesting. Like maybe if he does come and show his skills, like all of a sudden there is a lot of fucking skill in the lineup. Like suddenly it's like a good set of players. But my problem is still the GM calling style. Like I know it sounds like a hater move, but you you, you were there, Maui. I was there during Flashpoint 2 the whole time. Even the Vanguard. I always said on these shows, it's even though it sounds fucked up, when I watched GM play, and obviously I'm in the Observer, but I could see everything, it was always mad to me how many teams just play into his hands. And like, when he's saving the orps, give him those free kills. We're like, rush the orper! It's like, don't rush the orper if it's overpass and GM saving in the fucking bank area. He's going to be at a close off angle. He's going to hit that first shot every time. You just feed his gun at that point in time. He gets the kills. He never loses the orp. Like, the joke is those are the edges where they grind you down. But the problem I get is every other team doesn't play that way. So if you're a coach or an IGL, when they're not the top top team remember before they won the major they were probably on most people's radar like what the ninth best team the tenth best there might even have been bigger name like you know big players at cloud nine that people thought were better over like i don't think people put mad hours into this team so the problem is 
you almost have to coach your players to play a totally different style and no, no, don't do the opposite of what your in six would be. Like if, if people don't understand, there are actually loads of scenarios in Pro CS where people don't bum rush the Orpa when he's saving and you're like, dude, all you're gonna lose is an AK. Like the three hundred dollars doesn't matter to him and, and if you get the AWP, the round's over. Like you win the whole game off this, but teams don't so the sad thing is like to me, they were always destined if they went too high to get exposed a little bit. And as you say, they're not bad. Like, they could still be a good team. But the problem is they were always at their best when they were just outside sort of like where you were, the teams you were focusing on. Because then they do have the weird map pool and then they do have this weird style. And then in this case, they had new players. No one knew. Like, who the fuck knew this flame guy would be any good? Like, no one. Like, no one had any expectations for these players. So to me, like, essentially, it was always going to run out. But they can still be a good team. And obviously, I'm still interested on the whole roster move angle. And obviously the joke here is if you want to bring it all back to the beginning, like Alexi's angle is obviously like, look, if they can beat me and an IP, why can't you just win the whole tournament? Then he's probably the best team in the fucking world or something. Isn't it? Like, come on. Me? I was in a major final, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the fact uh, like um wait, I'm I'm blacking I'm blacking out here, but I think the like what you said about uh outsiders being like just like when when you're focusing on the other teams, like that's when outsiders strike you. Yes, I think that's like a really good way to put it, in my opinion, because it, it is kind of like that, or at least that's kind of how how it felt previously before they even won the major, right? And I just feel like after the major, they got that respect, and a lot of teams uh, like took them, I guess, just as a, like a, like a contender for a title. Maybe right now they they fell off a little, and they they just like. I don't know, need to play with Chiron for a, for a while now, but I think that was one of the things with ENDS as well, at the start at least. Like, no one focused on us. I, I don't think anyone focused no, on no, us, honestly. Sure like, there's just no, like, five Finnish players. Like, what can they do? Yeah. But, uh, like, um, in the end, we, we got some respect and we, I mean, we did, we did had some good tournaments here and there, but I think the same thing happened, like, in terms of at least the time that I was there after the major. Like um, that, we we came into the radar, and that's when things start to get harder. That's when you actually need to show, like, are you able to adapt? Like, what can you come up with, and and so on. Right, Maui. What is your bad point? Mine is that we're we're just starting to see phases floor, and I think that it's it's a little it's a bit lower than anybody would have wanted to admit. And so you that's mean in terms a, of placing. Yeah, yeah, in terms of placing, okay. because you think that if they just kind of kept up even the form that they had, say, at the Blast Fall Finals and World Finals, sure. that they would have done better than this. Yes. Uh, so so we're starting to see that floor, and I think like part of it you could definitely blame on the fact that they didn't have the ideal practice circumstances where Rain had a kid, he didn't play sure. the, the Blast Spring groups. And then they had came into this with probably pretty pretty little practice, but I know it wasn't no practice because I do know that when they were at the Blast Spring groups, they were actually playing, they were practicing with Rain, but Esetag was watching Rain's POV, I, I, whether it was like he was, okay. I think he was like in the coach slot or something like that. So he was watching what Rain was doing so that he All could right. kind of imitate what Rain does on these maps. And so, I, like they they were practicing a little bit, but basically what I'm what I'm getting at here with their floor is that I think that their style, which was so good at weirdly you know eking out these wins over the first half of 2022 has proven to be a little bit more inconsistent and that's kind of mostly due to the fact that phase 
in man up situations have a really strong knack for just like throwing throwing man advantage leads in rounds like they've they've lost like the liquid lost to on overpass for example i remember pretty pretty vividly uh at this event or at katowice i mean because they they had like a five versus three and then rops peaked by himself and then i think twist fought by himself and then kerrigan was low so he had to back up and then it was like a three on three even though it was a f like for liquid and then liquid were able to close it out and then liquid ran away with the whole half and it was just moments like that where just you could see that the comms are not always up to snuff and this was actually something i know i definitely noticed this when they were winning games too but they would usually just kill people like that was the big difference where it's like the form of the individuals was so high that uh they 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 could make so you know like bad peaks like untradeable peaks but they would just win the duel and you'd f probably feel like oh god like phaser owning us you know they'll just peak anything at any time and that that was actually propelling them to probably win some rounds that they they ne they weren't necessarily supposed to win but at the same you know it's it's too it's double-edged sword like if you if you peak in an untradeable way then sure you'll win a fight that furthers your advantage but at the same time it, it's a great way to throw a round too and i think phase <laughs> are are kind of just getting the bad end of that right now that if the players just don't don't all show up individually speaking that they can lose to a liquid that they don't even make playoffs that they can uh really fall apart like on the second map there versus g2 like that like we all we all were really like that that first map between g2 and phase was probably this one of the sickest maps of the entire oh, tournament really good. but but then the second map was like just so smashed. bad it was really bad yeah yes. so yeah we're just we're just seeing phases floor uh and i don't i don't like it okay where are you out on phase alexi b i mean I just think that they are that kind of team to me that it's the hard-hitting team of the CT sides. Like, it, it was uh, really unreal uh, what what they could pull off, like, when uh, when they were playing really good. Like, I feel like when, when you went to Twist, he's killing three. When you went to Rops, he's killing three. And it's like their CT sides made them so strong. And I feel like, yeah, on the G2 game, for example, I just think those two, like, the one who's winning the first map is carrying like a lot of the momentum on the second one. So I think like if if Face could have uh, like clawed the 16-14 win, maybe it was a different story on the second map. I, th I just think like they they just like, G2 just looked smashing on the second map, had no chance, right? But yes. I feel like I mean it is uh, interesting that you said it because I completely even forgot about it that like uh, Rain wasn't playing and I didn't even realize like they were still practicing with him and whatever. But I feel like I think it's a combination of a lot of things and I think this happened to me a lot that we're like um, in teams that once everything is not like perfect or the individuals is not like feeling the, like their best or, or whatever like this starts to happen like you are throwing 5v4s or 5v3s and it's just the overall cohesion that what usually happens or the fact that when this guy is taking a solo duel at this point like he's winning it and <coughs> after you win one, one match doing that they just snowball the whole tournament because of uh, like their individuals getting more and more confident right but yes. I feel like right now it just happened that exactly what you said that they were sloppy in some of these rounds and then you could also see it. Like, I, I felt like when I watched their game, like their body language, for example, like it was completely different. Like they were start, starting to feel like the team that once they were down and they won a round, like you didn't feel like they won the round, kind of. And I feel like um, when when they were on this 
like a streak or, or whatever, like fully dominating, you could just see that like no matter the situation, they're like fully believing it and whatever. So I just think like they're on this period right now where I feel like as well that if they, they've had some time off now and they've, they've reconsidered some stuff and I think they're getting some good quality practice in, that we will see a different kind of phase in the Pro League. And if not there, I think that like they'll bounce back at some point because just uh, I feel like that's just the way it is. And I don't think they've ever, like if they had played bad, like I usually think this team is is bouncing back pretty quickly. But you never know like what's going behind the scenes or did, are they able to practice a lot now, like what's happening. I don't know anything about that, but I just, from what I remember this team always and what Carrigan is able to do, I just feel like, I mean, they're they're going to bounce back eventually, but are they going to do it next tournament? I think that they will do a lot better because of the fact that they have some time here, but who knows? Yeah, I've got a couple of points on this one. One is that actually, here's what's mad. So I brought up these stats while you were talking. If you just look at the last three months on LAN, I'll just read you the rating of the five players, right? So Twists is 1.16 rating. Rops is 1.16. Brokey is 1.14. Rain is 1.09. And Carrigan's 0.92. Now, here's what's crazy about that. That could just be the stat line from when they were winning every single tournament. Like, the joke is actually like, the team's still really good. Like, those, all those players, generally, those are the numbers you'd want to have. And in theory, that should yield, you'd hope, like a, another final or two, maybe a title. But the problem they have is the differences, if you remember, like I said, even when they used to dominate and win all the tournaments last year, they would still win so many close games. The jokers back then, they, they, it was like if around was a coin flip, they always got their side. It was heads every fucking time they just picked it. And they would, and they would win impossible games. Games. So to me, that also can't continue forever all the time. Like no one's that lucky. No one has put everything go their way. No one has everyone feeling the same level of confidence. Also, think about the same level of confidence you have when you get like ten out of eleven fucking clutch rounds, or when you win like five one v threes in a game, and different players win. Like everyone's just going to be buzzing at that point in time. The joke is, if you're the player who hasn't done it, you're like fuck. I'm going to get in there. Like we we can't lose this game, basically. Like I can go for this PK, like you say, because if I die, Rops is in the site. He just cleans up with a three. Like it changes totally your decision making. So to me, they're not that far off. Like they're still right there. It's just the problem is, as you say, Lexi, they never do get like the differences before they'd have stolen that first map against G2, and then maybe the second one's interesting. But because they lost it, that opened the door for them to just get rocked on it. Then another problem they have is this. If you remember in their peak, one of their best maps, probably their best was Nuke. They're still good on it. It's just every tournament they won run into G2 and two. G2 is the daddy on Nuke now. <laughs> that's the difference. Before, they would like go, oh, Nuke is our home. No, Daddy's home. Like, G2 is unbeatable on Nuke right now. They just, you can't do shit against them. So that's another problem right then. Because there's another thing. They do every tournament run smack bang into G2. Like, I want to see a tournament where they just meet in the final. Like, they go separately. You know, like, maybe they get the Liquid Heroics. We can still give them teams that can beat them. And we'll see how good they are. But if you get a, if you get one tournament life taken every time by G2, which everyone does right now, it's going to be a lot harder to get some finals, guys. I'll still say, obviously, the Liquid one, a little bit disappointing. But even then, it was another close series. It lost just the margins. Someone has a good round so to me they're not that far off the problem is this right i would say to me they're the obvious team to like battle g2 it's just that directly at the moment that seems like a counter like actually g2 just beats them every time so maybe they're the team who has to get the other bracket and then we'll see them in some finals and we'll see if they can win or if someone like a heroic can upset g2 then maybe in can come face clan and we can have another banger final because i definitely i'm not out on them yet I can't be, because the problem is, like, that's why I was actually really curious when you said they're, like, flawed. No, because I was like, it's still pretty good. But I get what you mean. Like, they, yeah. they, they would always have made the, the playoffs before. Like, that liquid one was a little bit off the pace, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it's mostly just this is their floor yeah. in my eyes. I'm not. I'm yeah, not saying it's a down. The trajectory nah, at worst would be flatlining at this point. I don't think it's going to get any worse than this. And even even if you're performing at this level, like if they just had any different type of bracket run, they would have made playoffs. Probably like, yes. Yeah. So they did like, also. They just, there's another thing, by the way. It's also points for the G2 one. That group here was fucking insane. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, here's the thing. I'm not flaming ESL. I actually think if you have a look into it, ESL does their rankings quite well. Not the actual ESL rankings, but I mean, as in they take the real seeds, guys. And the point is, if you look at Group B, the names aren't as big, but those are all teams that made the play. Like you said, the major runs, they all have they all have inflated rankings. So it's just one of those times where you just get a fluke where it's like you do like, like one here, two here, but it just happens that the second group's way weaker because that that fucking group here was insane mate yeah it was insane wasn't it oh, yeah, right, I mean, it, go on then yeah i mean it could have just had four teams that all were their own playoff bra- it was basically a playoff for most tournaments obviously. oh it was mental wasn't it i know yeah do you have any final take on the first thing should we flip to the next point alexi oh not really honestly all right let's do it right so the last one on this section of the bad points and i've purposely picked this one because this will sound mad. This is where Maui Snake. I saw. I almost understand why people think I'm a hater now. Because it's like even in the moment, like it is my style. In the moment when you have your success, I just come in like you'd never be good at that. Though it's like, oh, what the fuck? I've succeeded. So it's going to sound like such haterism. But I'm just going to say it. it's a topic you'll know. I've, been, I've thought for a long time. Liquid is just permanently one piece away. Because like I said, dude, if you actually think now. Mate, aren't they like one of the best upset teams along with outsiders we've had for the last four or five months? The amount of times they've gone further than you expect. They've beaten the big teams. They've beaten the fucking, the the, the G2s, the Phases, the Navis. They've beaten all the big teams. They get all the wins, but never yields a trophy. And part of the reason why is, it's like the joke is they just can't, it, it can't last long enough. Like the Cinderella story always ends before, like when midnight strikes, like what happens is they get as far as they can go, big semi, final. They get all the way there and then one player just, I'd notice I don't even pick one player and I'm not even just making this the OC thing where I still think it's bang average like it's just always one person's off and so the reason that's infuriating to me is mate if you could just fix that one piece we can start talking about everything you can win the major you can fucking be the best team in the world they're not that far off with, with Lick yeah Lick, Liquid or I wrote a tweet like when they got knocked out it's just it just feels actually like they're closer to just bombing some of these than actually Get winning a championship even though they're going so deep so consistently it's like when they play the real championship contenders you just see the flaw so much more so much more obviously but like they're i, I actually think what's what's cool about liquid is that actually on the flip flip side their floor is kind of high like they're they actually are not really doing sure. that badly in anything yeah, yeah. that they're playing in they, they didn't do very well at the blast groups but it's kind of like they were trying they they were just implementing the seven map pool which in turn meant that they were down a map every single series that they played so it didn't look like it worked right then but then they actually um who'd they play on they played didn't they beat spirit on uh or who'd they beat on nuke they beat yeah they beat them on yeah, nuke. They, yeah they beat spirit they never used they beat to play that map obviously it was the perma for a long time yeah yeah, so they're like trying they're trying new things out and it feels like what they're trying to do is like ramp up in a way that's like looking outside of the roster movie because I, yeah, I agree. If they just made one replacement, this team would be amazing. If they got Dexter for OC, actually if they got Frozen for Elise right now with his form, like there's a couple things that they could do, but actually what the, what they're looking for is actually pretty pragmatic to actually just like say, let's expand to a seven map pool, try to win the veto everywhere we can they're now giving themselves the best opportunity to win and i think if they didn't um if they like that veto versus phase was about was about as good as it possibly could have oh, went for them like they they were able to get 
like all three of those maps they could have won like i was actually convinced like convinced when i started watching that one i think i said on the desk i said they could win all three of these so even if they lose map one that you don't you don't want to count liquid out of this series just yet and that's what's uh that's what's kind of cool about what's going on with them right now it's just that you just look at this i guess you i guess you could look at the individuals and you, you don't really necessarily know like who's your big three like naf has come into a form of his own where he's always going to give you something every single series like it is it his his consistency is remarkable at this point but then the other three people that are supposed to be helping you out in yakinder alige and oc yakinder's role is just high variance in general oc is just some some games he pops off, some games he doesn't. And, like, that's just what you're getting with him now. And Elige, like, he's probably, in my eyes, he's the guy that needs to come into the form that we know him for because he should be the guy that's, like, the consistent number one, not even number two to Naf. He should be number one. Naf should be number two. And then you're playing a roulette between, like, the weird Nitro pop-off, which happens once every seven maps, it seems like, and then Yakindar, who should be doing well more often, and then OC, who actually is like one out of three maps he's doing well so like that that's how it works for me right now and i think that if if Elige finds the form that he's supposed to have then this team can win championships but Elige, it just seems very he seems re weirdly far away off from what i know him for what do you think alexi yeah i mean it's just it's interesting because like uh i feel like the insights you gave or both of you is just like uh i mean the overall view i guess for for a lot of people I don't think there's a lot of people who argue otherwise. I just okay. I just think the fact that like, um, like the, it it was nice how you said it. Like they don't the, their floor is kind of high. Like at least now it's been for for a while now after Yakindar joined. So I just feel like you don't get you don't see them getting bombed out uh, from from a best of three. Like maybe yeah, if they lose narrowly on the first map, a team like G two can just like win you 16 6 on the on the second one but i feel like against all the teams you usually see them winning a map and you usually see them playing a, a tight series even though they would be losing or not be playing their best uh i just feel like the the opera in the team like nothing about oc or, or anything i'm just thinking like with the style they play and whatever like it's just thinking like if they would have an opera who's like way more aggressive like what would happen like is it possible because of the fact that Yakindar is playing like this as you said like high variance like taking a lot of room whatever and i feel like yeah i, I don't i honestly don't know because like when oc is having that game right and when they're ha like that style when they execute it well kind of you just feel like they're playing fundamental cs and it looks really nice when you watch it and like the execute they made happen just like no chance you're holding that if, if you're playing on ct it's just like when it actually clicks it's really nice to watch so i don't honestly know like like what point to make like if they can make it consistent it's obviously gonna be really good but i guess it's what you said like it the other individuals um needs to show up and um like in, in order to make it work, right? So sure. I, I I can't give like a, another another thing. It's all good. That. One thing I would say on that is like I do think it was funny when they did that blast segment where they were like, "What do we think of Nitro?" And they asked all those teams and I just oh, and, yeah. and they all started yeah. like this. By the way, 
Perfect. Everyone who did this, you inadvertently did what I've told you to do your whole careers. You all started like, love him, great guy. He's had a lot of success. I think he's a good in-game leader. And then you kept going. It's like, yeah, where's the bot coming? Like, oh, I think he's good. I think you should keep him. He's doing a good job for like, blah, 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 blah. and then we came to bot like, yeah, I'd say uh, easy to read. Uh, put him in the easy, very comfortable for us. Like, it's like, fucking hell, dude. Everyone said that. So my problem is I do think that's an issue as well, which is it logically makes sense if you have players who are up and down in form in the team and you don't know who to rely on. I always say, as fucked up as it sounds, the reason why a team with a super duper one man carry is good it's because it makes the job so much more streamlined if you're the coach or the in-game lady like right I know exactly what I'm going to get from him now let's worry about these guys here how do we make these two players work or this spot if you don't know in this game is my opera going to be good or not is he going to miss every shot or is he going to actually win out in the duels is my entry player going to get all these entries and we're 5v4 or is he going to just run into a brick wall and die and we're down 4v5 if I don't know these things it's going to be really hard to make my calling style like this heroic style we're talking about all super fucking unique and we're all through you're just going to try a lot of simple things and see what works and then just figure it out as you go so I do think it limits the team a little bit that they have these but I think it plays into the style and then the other thing is even though he didn't do it low key when he said there Maui when he was just like your insight because he was doing that th finish thing where you're like slower with like saying the sentence when you were like both of your insights I was really hoping like I know it sounds perverse but I really hoped he was going to be like I saw amateurish and you just know nothing yeah, about I, know. I, I saw low key this. I know I really <laughs> hoped he was going to like flame us and he had some like secret shit that yeah. we didn't know like, like they were doing really well and we just look yeah. like because here's the thing I'll just leave it in I don't give a fuck guys I think it'd be hilarious so luckily he didn't he actually he, whatever he picked us up at the end it's all good because all yeah. I'll say is this Maui Snake here's the reason why this is a valid topic and why it was in my bad section because right now and you can't argue against it with the placings. They are number three ranked in the world, guys. Like, understand, that means now when they play Faze, Na'Vi, Vitality outside, they're supposed to be the favourite. Like, if you're number three, trip over and give me a trophy eventually. Yeah, Come on, you know what exactly. I mean? It can't always be second and top four. Like, well, good run. It's like, we're number three now. Now we've got to go. Don't have to be number one in the world, but win me a trophy. Give me a trophy at least. Yeah, that's basically why it feels weird with them right now because it feels like they're just... They're not gonna. It just feels like they're not gonna win a trophy for for some like because because they've been in a, a bunch of finals now. I mean, or like your point about the seven map pool though is a valid one. Like if they can keep making that work, that's an interesting angle. Because let's be real, almost no one tries that at the top level. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard on them, but I I it's 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 a way, you know. It's Props one to way Daps to get an if he's the one who suggested that. By the way, I know no one ever brings his bloody name up because the joke is they talk like you can. That is the IGL and coach. Like, <laughs> spoiler, he isn't. But I think, as far as I can tell, by the way, look when Daps came in this team. It's night and day the difference. He must have oh, done yeah. some, again. He must be doing something as a coach. Yeah, I wish. I wish he just sold himself more. Because like every time like, I talk too to nice, him, idiot, I, know. I talk to him. He's like, like it, it's almost like the reason he doesn't want to sell himself though is because he thinks like the mass populace's peon brains wouldn't understand I what know. it is that he's bringing. Like even though I'm sure he's bringing tactics or some style or like pacing that he's the guy. I'll tell everyone. I've told this story before. By the way, he's the guy where it's like you, you go out and you fight for them in public. It's a disgrace that he was fired. Like you know what's going on, and then privately you see it, and then they're just like, yeah, but it's whatever. I, I don't really mind it. You're like, oh, what the hell? You're you're not even that mad about. Well, then why the fuck am I going out there fighting to the death? Now I only exactly. do that for Alexi V. I'm trying to defend all those fucking haters from the OG era. It's all right. I, I was like fucking Neo in the Matrix. Me, I was blocking everything, dodging it all. <laughs> I had it all two guns behind me. They didn't even know about those dead, deadly hidden ones. Right. What is your ugly point, Alexi? I mean, yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise, but I feel like I am. Um, it's a good topic to talk about because, because I feel like the more you talk about it, I mean, I guess in a way, could like the more good be talked about it and the more yeah, changes yeah. would happen like whatever but it's just the fact that like 
I mean, the downfall of Finnish CS overall, but I, I feel like just the fact that like you nearly always had a Finnish team who was at least somewhere. So like you had these uh, these uh, old teams with like. Sonny, Alux, Arte, who was like maybe, I don't know, like top 15, then 10, and then you had Rocket, and then you had, I mean, the ends that we were, and you usually had someone doing something, right? Yes. But now for like, uh, I don't know how long, we've not had that. We've been trying though, like I know people have been trying, but like still, I mean, right now the good thing is, I think Havu got an invite to the closed qualifier of their RMR. So obviously ups their chances to maybe get into the RMR and start something, right? Like they just pretty sure they just made a roster change or two or they're doing or at least something is happening. So maybe some kind of like uh, air under the wings and some something could happen, right? Like I think uh, like the major was the like where, where we got known with ends, right? Yes. So, but but I, I just feel like the reason I, I put it on the why, why it's ugly and, and whatever is just the fact that like no one could have predicted it even when uh, like I got uh, kicked out of ENS just think like I thought I'm not sure what you guys think but I just think like you could have argued then that like holding on to three players or four players changing one like you could at least have a team who is like I don't know like playing something or doing something or like ENS would have trusted these players but now you see ENS with zero Finnish players just a Finnish coach and by the way I think So is doing like a remarkably good so job as a coach and I've heard some really good things so I think I mean he could be the future coach of a good Finnish team if, if it ever if ever comes up but I'm just saying like something's going wrong and uh, I mean it it's just weird it's super weird I guess I guess I'll just comment on what I see in the current Havu lineup, and I I imagine that Dodo's calling because I know he took up the role for uh, forgot what team. I mean, I mean he might have just taken up for Havu straight up when he moved from Ents back yeah. to Havu. So I think he's probably still the leader there. But then you, I mean, you played with a bunch of these or a couple of these guys, X Seven and Ariel. Uh, I I have a hard time even imagining how they're still competing at any like i don't know when they were playing for your team it always just felt like i mean they just felt like aug abusers a lot of the time or you guys just had really good strats and so i i know ariel had that one mvp for that one blast event and he like really popped off i think he was like using the a1s and he, i just remember him nailing people because he was playing like back ivy or something like six train and he was just destroying people then um but i mean I, it's hard for me to like really I mean, I don't know the inner workings of the, of this scene, but I do like that they brought Banjo on because Banjo from that Fnatic uh, Fnatic Rising roster, whatever the Fnatic Academy team, he was uh, like a really solid anchor piece, and I think that I think he played for Fnatic for in like. I think one he stood event. in for like when they had like some of the maybe for the major qualifier or whatever that shit was. It, it ages ago when they had that. He played Alex. EPL. There we go. He played, e there he go. played EPL and he had a 0 0.97 rating, and that's like his first jump up to tier one. And All it's right. like that's that's yeah. pretty respectable for a guy that's like just getting this call up, probably very suddenly because I think it was some weird incident that that he got called up for. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it's um, anytime a scene falls <laughs> off like this, it's really it is pretty disheartening. It just seems like certain certain regions in Counter Strike are just having a really tough time keeping up. And I don't know if there's a, I mean, that's that's more or less my comment on it. It just oh, it good. just kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Yeah, go on. 
Yeah, go on. Yeah, I think the same thing happened with uh, with Swedish CS, right? Like I got a bit more familiar with it, like after joining NIP. Like, um, I mean, fin like Finnish CS and Swedish CS at the, like the current moment doesn't seem too good, right? Like you would usually have a Finnish, uh, no, at least a Swedish team at the top. Oh, of course. Now you don't have that. Then I mean, you could. Uh, like at the one point at least you could imagine that like you should have someone in in the finnish scene like playing at a top 15 team or yep uh, like a top 15 finnish team and whatever and i just want to bounce back on the previous one like what you said about Ariel and x7 i just feel like uh like sure they're a, like they when we played in ends like they weren't the youngest like i think Ariel is like what 28 or 29 but i still like i still fully like you can call me naive or whatever but i fully believe if I had Ariel X7 and maybe like uh, Sergey's little brother, like Yimpat, if you know him, yep. I'm just gonna say, like, I would believe that we would be a good team. Like, I don't think they fell off. I don't think they're orc abusers. I know these guys and I know how they work. And once we were, when we were building ends, me and Alu, uh, like, not sure, like, how did it go, but we, we talked about it, me and him, like, a lot. Like, we even went to lengths on saying like we don't we are not doing the project if we don't get Ariel for example, and okay. Ariel was still in I don't know what team he was but you needed to buy him out uh, in Finland and I I remember saying like like I'm I'm not doing this or I'm not exactly did I use those words but there was some some kind of like, uh, like ultimatum ultimatum yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's to like you need to have this guy. And I, we already knew, I think, at that point that X7 was coming. And X7 is just like, I mean, because we already spoke about it, it's like shoes to me. Exactly. Where like you can put him in these roles. Like in Hobo, I think he's taking more space now. And like, because he has that experience that he's maybe playing different roles. But for me, this guy, he was always clutching. And you could always put him alone somewhere and he's playing it well. And I feel like, I mean, Ariel... I mean, he was just the guy that, like, as you said, like, beaming people and you just give a gun into his hands and he's good. And he's, like, the hardest worker I think we have in Finland. Like, every time, still. I mean, like, he's offline on Steam 24-7, by the way, offline. But then when you go to his profile, it's 130 hours every two weeks. <laughs> right, every he's just hiding. Weeks. Right. Yes, yeah. every yes. two weeks he, he does that. And it's just like, like, they're still trying to pull it off. And, uh, like, at least from what I've seen. And... I think Chimpat, like I need to say it here, just so that the name gets out there more. Like you will see Chimpat in a really good team at some point. Like if people if don't he know, the part his problem was he was one of the people who had like the vac ban in the past, like yes. like yeah. a Yampi, so it meant he could and never it, play. But that doesn't that count now, right? He can actually play yes. in theory. In yes. January th this year, I think January this this year, it reached four years, so that's right. when he he there can play. So he's available now. So like. Mm -hmm. If within six months he's not getting a chance to play on any good, like, decent level team, like, I don't know, like, I could start a, a charity fund or something. Like, oh, I he's on, he's on Miles NXT now. Yes, okay. and he's playing okay. fucking well, just telling you that. And he's, he's good. Oh, he's 16. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Damn. Like, he's just at the age when Sergey got picked up, and it's going to happen. Yes. I, a few things to say on that. So, one... <clears throat> You nailed it, but at the end, but also you you forgot the missing piece. I I, I believe yeah. you. If you got Ariel at X7, I believe they'd be good players again. 
but you don't have them. That's the problem. They're missing pieces, you, mate. I know, because the joke, I've told you the story before. This happened to my mate Lopez the whole time in 1.6. It's like all the other players, like they play their role, they play their game, they like CS, but none of them want to be the IGL because the IGL is the role that sucks. You have to put in all these extra hours, think about all the stuff other players don't care about. And so Lopez had the same thing. If he was in the team, then all the pieces could come together, they could look really good. But then the joke is they even kicked him out of his own team at one point in time because they just used to do a carousel of you kick this guy and then you kick the next one, you just keep going until the team changes. So I think that's already a problem is they don't have an Alexi B. Like, notice there's no other big name for IGL like we're all talking about. We're just talking about the other players in Ents. And then you look at the players and you think about this, right? You need your stars. Like in that team, you had Alu, you had Sergei. Ariel was a bit more in the middle, but he had his times. When you look at the stars, Alu, it was just ego. That's just sort of ruined his career, unfortunately. You look at Sergei, that I've heard a tiny bit of ego, but also the army obviously reset him. He's done. If people don't remember, he's only 20 now. Guys, he was in the HL team in top 20 in 2019. Like, he should be doing, like, monacy things that well, not quite that high, but you know what I mean? He, this should be, like, his prime. He should be getting better and better and better and better. He should be, like, the fucking finished Nico or something. By now, he'd be popping off. He'd be like Rops is now. He'd be, like, fucking in his prime. You'd be you'd be building a whole team around him. But sadly, he got reset and then, for whatever reason, wasted his time. That Gorillas project never went anywhere. And then Sonny did the same shit, didn't he? Sonny also was the guy where he ne- he's never fully come back and then we had the online period and he's had all the crap with the his own trying to be in that team that didn't work. See, all your big star names have gone, unfortunately. That's the reason why the rest are just left in Havu. And, and like you said, it's not even it's not even anymore like there's an alley, like one player that can go elsewhere to a big team. So at the moment, the scene just looks like a mess. Like I'm sure there's decent players, but when you're building a team, you need those pieces. You need your star player. You need your in-game leader. Then you start putting pieces around them. They don't have those pieces right now. So that's why actually maybe you're right to hit the gym fight angle. If he can be the next one, if he's only 16 now, if in the next one, two years, he's getting better and better and better and we see he's rising, then maybe that's the play you can build a team around. You can finally get some pieces going. Yeah. I mean, I think like I made an, um, like a, what is it called now? Like interview. And I think uh, saw from ENS, like the coach made an interview as well. That the Finnish scene just need more leaders. Yes. Because I feel like if you make a team and you're like, I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be, oh, fuck it, I'll be the leader just so we can work, right? Like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Or like, if it works, it's a miracle, kind of. Like, it's going to work to some extent. But then at some point, someone is going to be like, oh, maybe we should try this guy as a leader. Like, you need a leader. You need someone to trust in. And you need, you just shut up about it. Like, there's... Like, no chance this this role is getting lifted to another player like this guy will be the leader like we don't have those pieces in finland and i think like just touching on the swedish topic as well like think like uh like when i remember the times like you had uh exist you had golden like even though like you could argue like who was good and who was bad but you you had a leader yes you had someone that people followed and you had a team at the top of the hltv boards and like Right now in Finland, for example, we don't have leaders. And it's like, as soon as someone pops up, like, I think there's going to be, be hoping in terms of, like, creating a new team, I feel like. But, I mean, who who knows? Like, maybe Habu now, they'll show something in the RMR or get, get into the RMR, which I hope they do. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mess, as you said. And, yeah, I just hope that something comes up eventually. I'll, yeah. I'll say one, I'll give one last thing that could maybe help any scenes like this is like, I, I mean, I kind of remember in 2016 when Fallen was coming up with the Luminosity team, how he was releasing all of this incredible YouTube content that was basically about like 
here's all of our Mirage defaults, here's all of our setups, like, and then he went with, like, the ideas behind them, some strategies, and he would just upload these to YouTube, and what, what he was doing at that time was, like, he was actively competing, and while Luminosity were basically becoming the best team, uh, they were kind of having their error at that point, and yet he was still giving so much back to anybody that wanted to listen, and I think that, Alexa, you definitely released a good amount of YouTube content. I remember watching a good amount of it, of, like, smokes you had, like, setups and things like that. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, they're so basic that, I mean, you're not building a team, but I get the point, like, yeah. doing something more advanced, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's like kind of like the the dirty hard work that when you're already playing on a team and trying to make NIP as good as it can be, it's it's pretty hard to like sit down after practice and say I'm going to record setups for 2 hours, you know, yeah, like exactly. that's that's where Fallen went above and beyond and became the godfather of Brazilian CS on top of on top of just achieving what he did in the game. Like that's that's where it seems like some of this needs to come from, but it's it's really it's just so tough nowadays cuz people get so demotivated so quickly with like releasing content like that. If it's not a hit right away, it's it's hard to like stay stay with it. Yeah. Also, I'll do that thing where as a total naive outsider, I just make ignorant comments about another country and culture I don't truly understand. So pretty on brand for me, if you've been following my career. What I'll say is this, the problem is this Maui, you don't know because you know Alexi B, you know like Alu, like these people are pretty like fucking intense, you know, like they, they do want to compete and be the best. A lot of Finnish players, and I've seen this throughout all of CS, a lot of them, if you just leave them to their own, as you say, devices, like just leave them to do what they want, they just play sort of for fun. Like the joke is they'll still be playing the game, but they'll just play like a bunch of pickups. Or they unironically will just drink a few beers while they're doing it. They have a famous like low uh, alcohol level beer that they all fucking drink <laughs> that you, you can buy at the supermarket. You don't have to go to the government store for yeah. that one. They just drink a few of those you play back in the day it used to be clan based but now it'll just be a pickup or FPL I'm sure or face yeah, it at night yeah. they'll be they'll be playing a bunch of those games and it's more like they're actually not like playing up to their skill they're not trying to, they're not trying to be super pros some of them are just sort of cool with being like I'm just good at the game and like I play like semi pro I, I feel like that's one thing that's maybe missing is there's not more people that's why to me you've got to have an Alan you've got to have an Alexi B you've got to have people who drive those people you know the yeah. the the one thing that was like scarier than seeing like an all European all Eastern European stack in a face a game against us. I remember when I once I first like moved here to Europe and started playing with like a bunch of the other talent and stuff like that is seeing a five man finish stack on like nuke. It just felt like they're gonna just run through like they're just gonna run at you in ways that it's just so uncoor it's so uncoordinated, but also like they just know the bare minimum amount of smokes and flashes that it's like just a pain in the ass to actually have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, just. That, I'm sure that's what a lot of the scene feels like. All right, I can get into my ugly point, right. though. No, no, wait, I want to see. Was that, was that totally off base there, Lexi B? Was, it, was that oh, ignorant? Think, what do you think? I think, like, uh, a lot what you said. Like, uh, I mean, I, I can also relate to, not, not in terms of, like, having a couple beers and playing uh, for fun, but, I mean, I can relate to, like, seeing happening um, like around me and, like, to, to other people. It's like, I think you put it really well. Like, for example, Sergey. He was just playing because it was fun. Right. Like, the, the reason he's not playing right now is he just doesn't have any motivation. Like, there was no other reason, like, why, why he couldn't, like, postpone his uh, army or, like, wh whatever these things are. It's just, like, the fact that, like, he didn't find it funny and then he just stopped. Whereas yeah. there could be a lot of different people or a lot of different cultures. It's like... They're thinking it in a way like, okay, this is my chance. And even though it, it feels shitty at times, like I'll do the most out of it, right? Yes. Like, 
So in that aspect, I just think uh, you you hit the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, there you go. Right, Maui, your ugly point is also right in the vein. If you know, I described that process earlier. It's like, oh, it's a great moment. Like, can we get the congratulations? He's like, you suck at yeah, this. Yeah. So come on, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it's that I, I, I it feels like we're we've hit heroic skill ceiling. You know, this is I, I think we've seen the best that we're going to get out of this heroic lineup. They could make a change or or whatever, but it just feels like. In terms of individual ability, it seemed like the hardest thing we've talked about this before on like analyst segments is just like, how are you going to get 10% more out of a player? And I feel like you're maxing out on everybody on this team. You basically had a career tournament for Yabby and they still fell short. Kadian is still playing pretty well as an opera. Like, yeah. sure, sure, maybe, oh, maybe a little overrated by the community, but like, still like doing a very serviceable job like he's doing better than like oc for example you yes. know so so like he's he's definitely fulfilling his role um stown probably is the guy that went missing the most in this tournament for me but everybody else is just like tessis did pretty darn well like he was one of the reasons um gosh one of the series uh maybe like their semi-series or something is like one of the reasons they made it through he he looked fantastic so with with heroic it just it feels like they've pushed teamwork as far as it can go like i i we we love with cs that teamwork can make uh you know make you punch above your weight in terms of individuals but i i don't think that it's easy to see a, a route for heroic to get that much better uh and that's that's my ugly point with this whole thing is that i just think that they're capped now and and they're gonna be it they should be a team that just continues to fight their way deep into these playoffs and you know what? I I, I think they, they could win like one trophy this year. I, I, don't, I think they definitely could snag one, but they're not like assuming that they're ever going to have any sort of era of dominance seems so far beyond their capabilities. And uh, yeah, I just I just think that's like this is what we this what we're getting from Heroic is what we are set to get from Heroic for this foreseeable future. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, I didn't think about it in a way, but I feel like like when you said like Mac almost maxed out every player and just the fact that Yabi played like such a good tournament as well. I mean, it's kind of right, like... It's just that the way they play CS, it's like... I mean, you don't have one player shining, it's like the whole unit shining if they're playing well. And I feel like, uh, I mean, obviously, Yabi was... Like, if they won, they would have been the MVP yes. and I don't think any anyone, like, um, would have guessed that he would be the MVP, like, prior to the tournament. But all I'm saying is, I think like as a team, they will shine, and yeah, I mean, you you might not see them play better, but I feel like just because of their style and whatever, and just the fact that like they could claw out the win against anyone, but then at the same time, I mean, on the major they lost to outsiders, who I I, I just thought that Heroic is winning the major. I I told everyone like Heroic is gonna win this major, and I think a lot of teams teams uh, like players agreed. But I mean, they ended up losing, right? And then they won against G2, and now they lost against G2. And against this really, like, high quality... Like, you don't see them really lose against the worst op opponents that often. Like, they they nail those games pretty much every time. But then, against the, the elite teams, they might be winning, <coughs> they might be struggling. But I guess... At the same time, like, that's also why I think they will be, like, this year, they're still going to be contending for a lot of titles, like, at least a lot of semifinals. Even, there could be a lot more finals, like, who knows. But, uh, like, how many titles they're going to get this year, I don't know. 
But all I'm saying is, I, I just think, like, if they don't overthink it that much, and they keep, like, playing the style they're doing, and if, let's say, next tournament, Stavon picks it up, or, I don't know, Kadeng is playing his mind out, uh, like, they're gonna be there for a long while if they keep doing what they're doing. But, I mean, I don't know all the details, like, maybe there is something... Uh, something going on and maybe they want to change player in two months like i don't know but it's just uh i mean well said in a way that i think uh, they're maxing out a lot of their players because i just feel like the cohesion is so good but yeah at the same time i mean g2 can just come and bang you out if they're playing that well so it is hard yeah the problem is like i i definitely agree like like one thing i'll say i'll pick up on a point you said earlier which is because if how amazing that style is, like that they all like act like the hive mind almost. They actually do remind me of like old school astronauts in that sense, like they're always on the same page, all the rotations are together, the comms look like they're fucking sick, you're preempting people's rotations on the T side, etc. The problem with that is it just it also means it's not as simple to just be like, right, cut this guy and bring this guy. It's like, who the fuck knows what that does to that dynamic? Like the whole chemistry could shift. Maybe now a bomb site doesn't make sense. Like a lot of these things that the edges that they get out of the team shift up. So you're taking a big gamble if you do that and if you're going to gamble at the level they're at where you're like right there to win all the tournaments it has to actually be like device play mf yeah, yeah. even config's like yeah. probably a, a bit on the body you know like it has to be a massive heavy hitter where it's just so good we've got to try this lap so at the moment they haven't been in that position like the yabby move obviously has turned out actually pretty good P people thought maybe that's a side it's look like it's getting better and better and better but i agree with you maui if he can post those numbers and you don't win the tournaments like what are you hoping's coming down the pike? As you say, saying, it's like this. That's the best case scenario. If people don't know, he had for the whole of Kanavitsa. Remember, he's in the grand final, guys. He had a zero point seven nine kills per round. Like that's like fucking actual prime Nico shit. Like you're not going to get that every tournament. And if you're not, suddenly you're probably going to lose a semis match or whatever. The problem I have basically is I'm with Alexi B as well. Like I don't totally give up hope. Like the joke is every game they play, I actually see how suddenly this. They can, they can win this. Like in the final, if people don't know, the reason why it must be so soul-crushing to lose the final like that is, not only did they lose like every fucking pistol round, they were still leading in all the first halves. Like every first half, they'd be up like 6-1, 6-2. And then they'd always be on that round. And this is where, unfortunately, I think you do have to... I know players and coaches and in-game leaders hate to hear this because they think it's like it plays too much into fanboys thinking like it's just like simple and fuck everyone else. But the problem is, Alexi, when you have someone like simple, they can even win the rounds you're not supposed to win. So when you're on that like clutch round there's a saying they used to have in basketball which is it's not that like the great player always scores the basket or always scores the most points but it's like right in the middle of the game when it can go to shit and you really need a basket the great player can just go like give me the ball and he can just do it he can just make it happen so the problem they have is they don't have that player that's the issue you know like there are rounds people know this like Vitality would lose fucking a billion games if they didn't have Z-Woo. He just he steals rounds for you or he gets into a situation where you're down in number and then he just kills two people until it's right back to even. Their problem is like the team style's awesome. So I always describe their team like this. It's like walking on a tightrope. If they do it perfectly, they could do it. They could win They could win all these tournaments. But if you fall once, you're fucking dead in this analogy, you know. Their problem is the superstar player, the like top five player, that's like the safety net. That's the player that if I'm falling, he could catch me as it were. I'm making this analogy fucking mental at this point. Does he make sense? But you get the premise of like, you, they haven't got anyone to save them, basically. They've got that style. If it works, it works. If it doesn't... Yeah. It, it's, 
Yeah, it, it's like, for example, uh, the way they lost Mirage to G2, like, they called a great T side, yep. but on the CT side, they fell apart. And I, I th I'd say the reason is because of the CT calling, actually, because they, they kept fighting mid versus G2 over and over again, and they kept dying. Like, they kept taking two casualties. Sometimes they just basically lose the whole round with a mid fight. And that's when... That's when you kind of hope that a star player is going to bail you out. Like, that probably ended up, I mean, I'll just say objectively, that ended up being the wrong call. They needed to stop fighting mid against G2. They're just getting destroyed by them over and over again. Like, take B apps, take, like, play some kind of, like, retakes, like, 1-1-3 one, one, or something like that. Like, play, do something, like, push into A ramp, push into Palace, do something different. But, like, when Kadian isn't calling a perfect game, they're just not going to win. And that's the thing where it's, like, e for them to basically win a trophy, and I, again, I think they, they can win a trophy this year. Like, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not counting them out of doing that. But it, it's just that Kadian needs to call so well because, like you're saying, there's no bailout player. Like, if he makes the wrong call, like, Tessis isn't going to kill three people swinging off of Cat or whatever, whatever it needs, or Stown or whoever it is there. You yes. know, like, it's just, it's just, like, if, if there were, like, I remember, you remember when Skybox had, like, round prediction like in okay, the middle of the a round on blast yes. like that thing is probably perfectly accurate when heroics in the server like based off of positioning <laughs> right, okay. based off if of utility numbers, yeah okay. yeah like that yes. thing is always going to nail heroic but teams right. like g2 it's oh it's going to be wrong a lot yes. of the time on yes what do you think alexi i mean um i just remember this uh like when you when you said about something about the like the good players that are gonna like claw you a round win that you shouldn't win. I just uh, remember, I thought it was against um, Heroic, but it wasn't. But it was just a good example of uh, Vitality versus, I think it was Liquid on Nuke when Zaibu won that one on four with an AK. Okay. Well, I don't know, sure, was it that game even? But uh, anyways, like he won that one on four, like, I mean, just a Zaibu round, right? And he made it look so easy, just. With an AK, by the way, not with an op, just with an AK, just killing everyone. And then Apex, like, standing up and screaming, he's too good for you, or something like that. So it's just, like, this, like these details. It's like, as you said, I feel like you are right in a way that they don't really have that player, which, by the way, I think makes it even more impressive. Yeah, of course, but, yeah. Um, but just, uh, just the fact that, yeah, I think you're... It was against Fnatic. That was the one yeah, where Fnatic, he did a 1v4 yes. clutch after the bomb was down. Yeah, Fnatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That was the round. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a weird situation for them. And yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like we, we talked about a lot of the things revolving yeah. around that. And I just think, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, they, they're still going to do well in my books, but you just have to wait and see. Yes. Yeah, the one thing I would say is this. If you were to put one of those odds, because they also love to do that in the NFL, by the way, Maui, like the odds are like still winning the game. If like, because you, so you know in like the last three minutes, like I should I even watch the game basically or is it over, right? If you were to do this, like back me up on this, Alexi B. If you were to put the stats for a team that on the first half of Mirage is up like 8-1 on T-side, like what the odds of they win the Mirage game? It'd be insane. It'd be like fucking, what's like 95%, I'd imagine. Like if you're up 8-1 on T-side, like that's already, enough T rounds like but but fucking they still lost that map that's the ultimate example because I, I even wonder on that one if that's why they made all those mad CT players they were just like horny to like to have the win like you see it slipping away from yourself so I don't know and by the way G2 is yeah. probably the worst team to do that against they always fucking come back right now don't they because all the fraggers right yeah I mean yeah go on if they were leading against any other team 8-1 I just think it's game over but like G2 yes. right now it just seems like if they start strong like they'll finish it 
if they start slow, like they'll come back and like I don't I I watched maybe two games where they did in the in the same fashion. Like you would think yep. that oh here is where the streak ends. Yep. And it just doesn't, right? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, but uh, to be honest, like sure, I'm not sure what it was exactly like uh, about Moi saying like them fighting mid and whatever. But then when I watch like some of the rounds, it's like. You know, Monesi being up cat, killing the con guy with his smoke out or something oh, yeah. at like 1 minute yeah. 30. Yeah. Then he's going to the short guy. Short guy is panicking like, holy shit, my con guy just got yeah. owned. And he's killing him mid-air. It's like, also, they played it so good individually at some points. But obviously, I think, yes, in hindsight, they should have adapted after. But, I mean, yes. G2 played well. No, if you ever see, I mean, you'll know this, Mario. Like, if you ever see when I do one of those, like, live desks where I'm, like, sort of live casting the game slash... One thing I always try to do for fans, because I think it's the most misunderstood part of the game, they never bloody do it on the broadcast. Like, if Launders, could you wake the fuck up, mate? You should know this stuff. When you're watching the game, you have to explain the scoreline to a fan. What you have to explain is, right, it doesn't matter that, like, in this case, right, you know... So I'll give you an example. If I was explaining that Mirage game, when it's 8-1, I'm going to be explaining it like that. Like, right, Heroic is in a crazy driver's seat now, not only can they do like anything they want on the rest of the T side because they're playing like for rounds that are like bonuses if they get them, but then on CT side as well, essentially, like if you have half decent read, you just stay in the sights and win the rounds. You make them like test you. If you know that right, then I would flip though because the thing G2 always did was when they would come back, it'd be like the old phase comebacks. They'd just come back in a row. They just win like eight rounds in a row. So then suddenly you'd be on the second side. Look, I know I just told you guys they had more than enough T rounds, but suddenly actually to be at like, you know, 12 12 or something, now that it's like 50 50, like suddenly the, the lead's gone it's not like you have to understand the side so that's the other thing about like the G2 well, like, that, it's, it's also so unfair because they are just flipping all the dynamics like, like they do sometimes have, like not win enough rounds on the first half and then just win like 10 in a row so like you can't, the spoiler is you can't do anything against that so my last one it's the last point of the whole show it's an ugly one I very carefully picked it for this category because it sounds fucked this will sound so fucked up to people they'll be like what? Right? Obviously, we're all loving the fact that Nico just won what I call a prestige event because I think it's a new term we need. Prestige event to me, Alexi, is it's the majors and Canavite Cologne. Because if you, if you look at people's careers, at least right now, like Blast hasn't done it yet. They haven't got that tournament like a Cologne and Canavite. Like, these are the tournaments. Like, I believe Monacy when he says that he lost last year and he was thinking all year I've got to win this tournament because that's, that's what Canavite means to people. Cologne's also a big deal. The majors, these are the ones you want to win in your career. And obviously, your famous detailers, even though almost everyone would have Nico in their top 10 players of all time. The joke is we'd have him probably even over people like Cold Zero who've won majors and all the MVP. He's the only one that had zero of those fucking tournaments. And he'd been in loads of finals as well. And I'll add this as well. It's not like he was in the finals when he's in mouse spots, guys. He was in the final in teams that were the favourite, that were 50-50. Like, he was almost never like the big underdog. Like, But he never ever got it through. So the reason I put this in the ugly one is because on the one hand, I want to go, brilliant, you won one. But there's two things. One... If you won any of those past ones, you'd also have been the MVP, and that's why it would be held into like you are the you know it is you you know if you'd have had an AWP instead of simple, you'd be the greatest ever. I can't say that because spoiler, it wasn't even close to the MVP of this one. Like the joke is, I had JKS because I just thought like from his position it's unreally that fragging. I get why people picked Hunter though. That was also a mega pick. Like on this one, it's he didn't get carried. Let's be real, G two's a super team, but it also didn't have to be like Nico Vault. And then crucially for me, I'm sorry, this is one where it's like congrats on getting that win but like 
the fuck took you so long? Like I said in that tweet, dude, when he first joined FaZe, if people remember the story, like, oh, he was trapped in mouse. He joined FaZe a week later. They were in that final account of here against the old Kirby version of Astralis, and they lost. But because they'd already had a week practice, everyone was like, oh, you guys get better get ready, because when they've had practice with Nico, we're coming for all the trophies. And the joke is, it took six years to win one of these motherfuckers. Like, it's actually crazy to me, because, again, he's, he is un inarguably one of the absolute best players I've ever seen with my eyes in the game. His stats even do bear out. Like he's what's it, like his worst year would again be like the best year for like the tenth best player of that year. Like he's one of those superhuman players. But the idea it took until twenty twenty three to win one of these events—it's so crazy to me. Like I almost can't believe it now. Like it doesn't make sense when I think about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know about it till you said. Isn't that so. wild? Because the yeah, thing, I, I always tell people, he has won trophies. Like, if you go look, he's won, like, I don't know, 10, 12, but they're always like Star Series or some fucking Blast or DreamHack, whatever. Like, the problem is it was never these the, re the ones that really count. And let's be real, if you just look at his face and all the losses, he definitely cared about winning those trophies. That's one thing I, I'll never take away from Nico. I believe he really wants to win and has the whole time. Yeah, for sure. I would, I mean, some of the tournaments that he was winning, like the New Yorks and the the epicenters and things like that they felt pretty big at the time i i think now we've kind of consolidated what we actually consider to be the prestige ones and i i agree with it i agree with the, the those four like four per year um i think it's like also a nice number to just kind of say like a court it's like a yeah. quarterly tournament yeah exactly. but i like i would like the pushback i have is like i feel like his his uh that new york win was was pretty damn sick and also just epicenter epicenter in general uh like was it like bo5 versus was it was it bo5 versus like navi or i think they two like zero that? i think it was just or, a bo3 oh it was just a bo3 then okay well that's a little bit different actually now that still, you still the that. point is though like the, uh, again to add yeah. on to it he had that problem like the old Astralis did when they used to choke. They used to beat all the same teams in the next tournament. It's just they wouldn't do it at the major. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so as you're saying, if anything, it builds smarter in my case. Like, he's beat all these teams. He's even beaten Astralis and people don't know. He has beaten private Astralis more than almost any other player if people don't know that. Just he never did it at the fucking major, unfortunately, or at the, yeah. at the big kind of eight set type tournament. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember those games. I remember when FaZe would just like like Astralis would do everything right in the round and then someone from FaZe would just peek and take map control back because they'd win a fight. Yeah. It's just like it was so silly. Uh but yeah, like with Nico's legacy, it is it's it's great to see him win one of these trophies because like I mean we saw the emotions on his face when he, he was like like the the picture of him holding the trophy is probably like the most iconic image of this entire event and and he wasn't even MVP and and you know like and they were the favorites winning that grand final you know like all of this worked together and I, I think like something that makes me believe in the script writers of CS or like that this is okay. all like it's just that it's just like we got simple with his trophy we got okay. Kerrigan with his oh, major it's the order of them right yeah okay. it's like okay, okay is it time for Nico's right. trophy is it time for Nico's major because they're else because all of this then like we're talking about Alexi B 2024 of the script you know you've got, you've got yeah, just people who've been true. in the finals but they don't win next yeah, just continue it. he's next in line you know yeah yeah so just so people know it's all scripted yeah it is of course <laughs> And by the way, this is how you know what a harsh career he's had. Because by the way, in the same way as we're talking about when things go great, the confidence, it fucks with your head even if you're Nico, if you lose all those times. Like, it doesn't matter how confident you are. It definitely gets you. All you need to know is this. Like I said, watch his face in that final. Remember, the way they're playing, I would think I can't lose. Like, we just win every, win every pistol. We always come back. Like, But if you watch right up until the very end, there's a reason why him and Hunter, their comments in the interviews are like, well, I'm really glad I didn't go to a fifth. Not like, you know what? I still thought they could yeah. win. Like, 
Because these guys have just experienced, they've been in war so long, guys. They've experienced so many fucked up scenarios until the actual trophy was handed to them. I bet they still didn't think they'd won. They were like, are we sure there's not like a secret overtime where they can still deny me? Like, that's all, that's all. Like, you could just see in their faces the fucking the yes. shit they've been through. I mean, I've, I've been there as well and I feel like it is completely 100% true because I remember like, for example, this uh, loss we had against FaZe when we just created G2 and played oh, Katowice guess, yeah, and yeah. then uh, we played against FaZe and we lost, uh, was it the, was the first map Inferno or what? Like we had a huge lead or whatever, so. then... then um, I know the second Rob's, one was Rob's the insane the... like 5 or T one or whatever. Yeah, like Rob's, second, Rob's did the insane round on Inferno that uh, which I, I thought I thought was the best. It's player of the year, probably won it. Yeah, player of the year, <laughs> and sure. uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, like after that map, like I'm not saying that anyone gave up or anything, but you could just I feel like like you could feel that you know they must have been like, is it really happening? And again, yes. like especially Nico, for example. But I mean, obviously, like I'm not saying that. It affected him or anything, but you could see, like, you could sense the feeling that, that like, this wasn't new, and we were like, like we need to dig ourselves out of it, you know, yes. like uh, that this has happened again previously. I mean, it obviously happened to me again as well on 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 another cut of it. But I mean, here I really thought that we were in the driving seat, like playing against a face with a stand-in, whereas uh, in the previous cut of it, it was against uh, the Astralis that couldn't yeah. be beaten almost yes so it's a it's a bit a bit of a different aspect but i feel like like i could imagine nico's shoes like being at the cut of its final like against a team with a stand-in and then then you yes. throw that lead on the first map or whatever it was like i think everyone would have felt the same way but this way i once heard like a great anecdote that supposedly one of the reasons why muhammad ali was like considered like the greatest fighter ever is because even some of his rivals that were obviously just as good like boxer wise and with world champ themselves they said he would do shit like in the fight you would hit him with like amazing shot like a like a look right to the chest like the body or something which by the way hurts everyone like there's no deep, if you didn't defend it you just get hit in the fucking like liver or something and when you would hit him he would just intentionally like smile and be like is that all you got and even though in your mind, you must know on some level, like, I definitely landed there. Like, that fucks with you. Because then you think, you're like, if that doesn't put him down, then what is? Like, that's like that's the vibe, like you're saying, when you get, like, a, a map taken away that you were leading in. You think, oh, this is our map. Maybe it's even your map pick. If you're losing that way, it's not that you give up. But you just think, like, fuck. If I can't win when that happens, what, what am I supposed to do with the rest of the game? Like, they took my best shot, as it were. So I don't blame him. But it was hilarious, all those interviews, like I said. Like, because like, normally you do the opposite, don't you? Like, normally when you win, you do the other way. You're supposed to just go like, you yeah. know what? Well, actually, we felt sort of bad for the scene that we were just beating everyone in Norwalk. So we just gave them a map. We thought, you know what? Have a map. You earned it. You know what, Heroic? You've earned it with your playing the rest of the tournament. But obviously, we couldn't let you win. I wasn't going to let you win, though. I'd just do it like that. But uh, again, I've always said, just hit me up. I'll give you the shit-talking lines. I, listen, we can arrange it. It's private. I can help you out. That's line. why it's good when Simple wins, because he just talks talks mad shit. Well, the joke is now he loses, he just talks shit on his own team, yeah, isn't he? And all he just goes, right, you know what? I'm really disappointed in how, why all you guys made me play bad in that match. You, get the fuck out. You, well, I'll kick you in three months. <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? Like me, he's gone so out of control on all that shit. Every time, like the second they lose, the interview headlines just like... All I'm saying is, some players are fucking up in this game, right? Not me, but some players. I, I don't want to say who... 
you know, some young and players then, from Ukraine. Then, but, like, it's like, it's obvious who he's talking about every time as well. And it's like, so SDY tra- isn't even here anymore, mate. Yeah. There was a translated article in, I mean, I don't want to say the wrong, like Russian or Ukrainian. And like, okay. literally, he just named the players. So. Oh, brilliant. There you go. And so it's just translated. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's whatever yeah. in it, I know. But that's why, yeah, that's the problem. I hate when people have that bad at you. Right. Is that it? Is there any final thoughts on the, what was the last topic we just did? It was just about well, Nico winning the prestige event. Oh, here's the, ob- the obvious thing to say is, bear in mind, E2's the obvious number one team. Just like Carrigan last year, I've always said this. Remember, I have the other theory as well, Maui, that goes like this. The, the mistake people make is they think that like, oh, you'll never catch up to his trials. It's like, you do though. When you win, it's binary. You either win or you don't. And if you don't, it's nothing. And if you win, it's everything. So just like Carrigan last year, where all of a sudden, he never won kind of, and then he won kind of eight, sir, the major color. It's like, guess what, Nico? Fuck all what happened in the rest of the years. All those six years, forget them, mate. If you do it now, this year, if you play a top three, top five player in the world, you are going to win all those trophies. You can win both majors. You can win, oh, you can win all these. Fo- By the way, just yeah. do like Carrigan... You could, you could actually do what he didn't and win all four of the fucking prestige events. If you do that in one year, the rest of them could suck your dick. Most people haven't won four prestige events. I know it's whack because you could have won like seven. Just get four now and you won't mind to some degree. Probably still whack if I had to guess, but you know, whatever. You can't, I can't do more than that. All I can do is give you the trophy, motherfucker. As um, JKS probably said to Nico after that one. <laughs> 